Yeah. It sucks we don't have everybody here we did last time. It's kind of lonely now. Yeah, it, it's so strange. You know, we go from this monumentous four-person, first time ever, you know, all live together, too, podcast. And then this week, it's just us. Just me. Just me, just me and Chris. I mean, I mean, you know, how, how else are we going to do this? This I think this is actually the first episode that does not have Michael. That is true. Which means it's this episode is certified 100% Michael free. Yep. So I, I, I guess that makes me the uh, assistant producer. Yeah, that's right. Because uh. I have taken over the lead. Wait, no. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't agree to this. All right. <laughs> you got a madman at the helm now. Oh Jesus. Oh man. I, I think technically I have seniority because you left and came back. I have well, more I, episodes I have, now. I I have seniority seniority because I uh, I was here for the bitching at Michael to get him to start a podcast for six months. <laughs> I mean I mean, I'm just saying he didn't go out and buy a mic till I just finally threw the friend card down. I was like, Hey, you better go do this. <laughs> And he's like, oh, you fucking do it. I'll do it if this happens. Like, yep. The same friend Sounds card that down. he used to get you playing Persona. Yep. Yep. He was like, you got to play Persona, man. And that conversation was so weird. <laughs> that conversation was so weird. It, I was just sitting there. I was like, oh, you know, just minding my own business. We're having the normal little game talks we have. You know, whenever we're not talking about, you know, games on the podcast, we're talking about games off the podcast. Sure. And, uh. He brings up Persona again. Like, oh, yeah, maybe maybe one day when it comes out for the PC. And he goes, you, you know, I'm throwing a friend card right now. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? If you if you bring Persona in tomorrow, I will go buy one. It's done. Then he didn't do it. And I still bought it because I'm just that kind of guy. I mean, so, to be fair, it was welcome, an accident. But... <laughs> oh, man. But uh, no, that game is amazing. Yeah. That game is flipping amazing so check this out i've been playing this game for 20 25 30 almost hours mm -hmm. i've been going to the blue room this entire time and i just walk in you know they automatically make you start talking to igor and you're like hey yeah i want to cut this one down i want to do this one yeah whatever i had no idea that you could like you know step back and talk to the twins yeah i didn't realize that either for a while yeah i was i i like now I'm like rushing to get like caught up on all the like little because uh, they're they're a confidant, yeah, and they've got you know that confidant level you can raise by doing tasks for them and bringing them certain types of personas or whatever. Yeah, so I'm 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 having to like double time do all that and like and I found this out in the middle of a palace. <laughs> like I just stopped in there to drop some you know you drop your trash off at the blue room to to go open up a couple slots for some more. Yeah, and for the audience, yeah. when he says blue room, he means the velvet room. Yes, the velvet room. <laughs> I call it the blue room because I'm colorblind. Really? It's all blue. No. Oh. <laughs> Not even lit. Okay. I just like to lie. <laughs> well, all right then. Yes. Uh, 90, 50% of the words out of my mouth at any given time, complete lies. I mean, to be fair, I already word. kind of, you know, took that into consideration. Yes. No. That's called the Adam rule. 50% <laughs> of the time, utter lies, and 50% is dead serious. Now... If I ever get super excited about something, you know, I'm I'm one of those kind of guys. I tend to go above and beyond when I'm describing something. Mm -hmm. So I tend to uh, embellish. You know, <laughs> if something was bad, I say it was fucking terrible. Yeah. If something was good, I say it was amazing. But like Persona when you is say actually Sweet fucking Dance amazing. Bad, yeah, you, know, you have to shit all over it. Eek. 
In comparison. In comparison <laughs> to Chrono Trigger, maybe, yeah. Come yeah, on, possibly. without Michael here, I have to continue the, the whatever you want to call it. That, that utter, utter, like, lie saying I was shitting on City Code. And I, I will put City Code in the ground. <laughs> but it doesn't deserve to be there. Y'all just keep trying to, like... <laughs> It's like, oh, yeah, everybody likes the prince up until he, like, challenges his father for the throne. And then they're like, well, you know, we have to kill you now. You know, I I, I don't think I've had anything to do with that until now. So I, I don't think I should take so much blame for that. No, no. That's mostly Mike. He, he's an instigator. Yeah. Well, and I we're mean. We're going to have a nice, peaceful podcast Like today, you're not. And we're not going to have strife. Say what? I said like you're not. An instigator. Oh I'm, oh, I'm definitely not an instigator. I don't know who told you these slanderous lies. Oh, man. <laughs> Nobody told me. This is called experience. <laughs> oh, man. So, how was your week? Well, before we get into that, hello, everyone, and welcome to the end of time. I'm Chris. And I'm Adam. It's so weird. So weird without Michael going first. It is. It is crazy. <laughs> uh but yeah, it's been a crazy week. Um, yeah, doing the podcast last week. That was great. I loved that. Yeah, it was great having everybody there, all in the same room. Yeah. The little, y- y'all didn't see the behind the scenes, you know, <laughs> arguments that were going place where we were just like, oh, yeah, yeah, that game's garbage. Oh, man, this game's trash. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, there was so many good conversations happening backstage. Wish we could have recorded all that. <laughs> oh, man. But. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know what wasn't amazing? What's that? My drive back up to almost Canada. Oh, man. How'd uh, that go? It, it went fine. Um, I. How many hours is that? It's So, going down there is 15 hours. Coming back is 14. But that's without stops. Um, there's, like a, there's like a time. Yeah. And it's across like the time zone. On the way back up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny. The GPS actually says, you will arrive... At 7 a.m. CST <laughs> and coming back EST because it made that time adjustment for me. So I'd know, hey, you're going to another time zone. Um, but yeah, coming down, we got a late start. So it was a no brainer getting a hotel room halfway back. That way I don't have to worry about, you know, being tired and all that. Um, coming back up, though, we got a fairly early start. And when we got in the vehicle, the GPS is like, yeah, you'll arrive at 2 a.m. I'm like, that's not bad at all. You know, that, that, that's doable. And I pushed it and I pushed it, but I finally couldn't take it anymore and had to stop. Um, I think we ended up with four hours for the second day. So I got 10 hours out of it. So what would you say that was like one of your worst road trips? Like as far as like the gruelingness of the drive? Oh no. My, my longest road. the worst one? My longest road trip I took was 23 hours. It took me. See my worst one, I think. And it wasn't because of the length of the drive. It was because of the circumstances of drive. But um, I had a 13-hour drive to uh, Wichita Falls, Texas. And I felt it kind of in the morning when we got started. I was like, you know, kind of feeling a little bit. About six hours in, I get like this massive headache. I'm like, oh, man, (laughs) this really sucks. And we're only six hours in. This is like a 14-hour drive. It's not that bad. We can do this. This is a one-day drive. You know, you drive, you're done. Yeah. Oh, man. So, at around the eight-hour mark, I started being like, okay, you know what? I'm, I got to pull over and get, like, some meds or something to finish this out. So, we pull over to a gas station. I'm driving. I'm kind of convoying up there with a friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
he's driving in his truck ahead of me. I'm like, oh man, I don't know what the hell is going on, but uh, my fucking head is pounding. Get out. And as soon as I stand up, I feel it. It's like the world drops. <laughs> Apparently, I had like my worst case of the flu I've ever gotten in my whole life, decided to be this day. And uh, I take some over-the-counter from a gas station pills. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I tough it out for about four more hours before I'm like, you know what? We got to stop. And this this leaves us like an hour out Jeez, from our destination. I'm like, I cannot go any farther. I'm going to fucking die. I have like one hellacious night in a hotel room and then finish the drive out. Oh, it was bad. So it was horrible. Yeah. So, yeah. I ended up staying in the bed for like the next three. We had the next three days off. I spent all of them like tossing <laughs> and turning in the bed. Man. But yeah, that, that was definitely, uh, I've taken 20 hour drives, you know, I've done all mm-hmm. these long convoys. I considered myself pretty good at driving up. That was definitely the worst one. Yeah. I think the worst situation on a drive was one of my trips. So I used to live in Virginia and my girlfriend lived up here in Ohio and I would make the drive back and forth. And even after she moved down and moved in with me, we still drove back to see her family. Um, So we made the drive constantly. It'd be one of those things where for a while I drive up like almost every weekend and that's a nine hour drive. Um, But which isn't a big deal. But one time I want to say it was when we were, we were going to Ohio because I actually got stuck in Ohio for a few days. Uh, going up there, uh, a couple of the studs on one of my wheels broke. So Ooh. I felt a little wobble in my vehicle and I'm like, what is this? And I checked the tires. They're all full air. I'm like, what in the world? So I'm like, well, I guess I'll, you know, I pulled up my GPS, found the closest uh, service uh, mechanic shop. And I'm limping my way there at like, you know, 20 miles an hour on the uh, on the interstate because that's the only road you could go on at that oh, yeah. point and there was construction so it was one lane so i'm causing all kinds oh, of traffic everybody hated you that day yeah. i guarantee it but i had my hazards on um there's even a cop that saw me uh going the other way and he was interested but i had my hazards on so you know could only do so much but then yeah. not probably two miles from the gas station i pulled off at the tire snaps off and goes flying off the side of the road. Oh and all of a sudden I'm on uh, basically the axle. Um, oh, man. So I had to get that towed. I got a ticket, of course, for getting in an accident, which even though there were no other cars involved, they still did the accident thing because um, the car was not uh, drivable at that point. If, you, the, if the vehicle is not drivable, then it's considered an accident. So I'm like, okay, well, that sucks. So I... Got it. Wait, so they, would they give you a ticket if you like blew up your motor? It wasn't for like not having oil in it or something. Yeah, it wasn't like an actual ticket. It was basically just an accident report type thing. Um, uh, okay. I'm trying to remember. I think he was originally going to give me a ticket for like reckless driving for driving with it wobbling, but I was like, I, I didn't know it was going to do that. I was going to the mechanic shop. But anyway, we got a tow to a nearby. They uh, basically put the tire back on. Uh, replace the studs because the tire was fine um and i start driving and every once in a while when i'm going around a turn there's a weird shift in the vehicle like it jerks to the side all of a sudden um but we were i want to say that was about halfway when that happened so we still had either way we were going to be driving you know four hours or so to get back to one of the places so Mm -hmm. we kept going and we get there and I'm like, all right, this is really bad. I need to, and I took it to a shop nearby uh, 
said, hey, this is what happened. Um, I don't know what's going on with it, but when I turn around certain corners, there's a shift that kind of jerks. And uh, they say, all right, they take it in and check it over. And then the guy comes out and he's like, you're lucky you made it here. Um, the guy, what's it called? Basically, the thing that connects the axle to the tire or to the wheel, uh, the arm, the arm ah. had broken. So whenever I felt that jerk, that was actually the the control arm was actually coming up almost off the screw that connects it. Oh god! So I almost lost like not just the wheel, but the whole thing that holds the wheel on. <laughs> and I was going up and down mountains and stuff. I wasn't going super fast because of the way it was acting, but I was still going, you know, 40 or so. If that had broken up, we would have flown off the side of a mountain. And he's like, I don't know why the people that put the tire on let you drive that vehicle out of there. Like, Hopefully you saved the receipt. Oh man. that And that was a whole mess <laughs> because they charged me so much for the tow because they couldn't find me. Like that was my fault, but I was just so over it. I was like, you know what? Whatever pay my $90 or whatever for nothing and <laughs> go on. And that wasn't the end of it. So they fixed it. That part was good. So I'm like, all right. And I'm, I'm stuck up there for uh, like four days because I couldn't afford the repair cost. So I was like, Hey, I get paid on Thursday. So until then, you know, I don't just have to sit here and not have to wait. And they're like, okay, that's cool. Just, you know, come by and pay us and pick up the vehicle when you're ready. So they were really understanding about that. And I told them that before they fixed it too. <laughs> so I didn't wait till they fixed it. I went, hey, no money. Um, I actually told them ahead of time. Uh, <laughs> You're just like, hey, you know what? I'm not paying you. Yeah. Actually, actually, let me backtrack. That's not when that happened. So I pick up the vehicle from the control arm replacement. I'm like, all right, I'm going to leave. It's a Monday, I think, at this point. Because I'm already missing work because of this. So I'm like, all right. I get an hour away and all of a sudden... My uh, check engine light comes on, and then there's the smoke. I'm like, oh, great. I know what this is. This is a radiator issue or something. This is overheating. So I'm like, all right. So I pull over. I let it cool down. I'd look, you know, give a visual inspection. Yep, that's coming from the radiator, you know. I'm like, all right. Well, I guess I'm turning around. So then I turn around, take it back to that shop and say, hey, something's wrong with the radiator. It's overheating. And they look in. They're like, yeah. You need a new radiator. And that's when I was like, well, I can't pay for that because I you know, just spent all my money on the other repair. Um, and then I, so I missed essentially a week's worth of work. Uh, I didn't miss it. I was working remote. Uh, thankfully, I had a laptop with me. I always travel with it like that. So um, if they need me to do anything, then I could do it while I'm gone. But yeah, that was a fiasco. Ooh. Yeah, uh, I see that. For something like you know where I work, they wouldn't be able to do that. So that I'd be out the whole freaking week worth of paycheck. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh that's amazing. I've had I've had one similar situation with a car. The tires didn't come off, thank God. Uh, <clears throat> but I had a car that it blew a belt while I was driving. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if you've ever like had a belt just snap. Yep. But. Oh man, I heard this thwap underneath <laughs> underneath the hood while I was going down the road, and I was like, "Oh, what the fuck was that? Did I just run over something." I thought I was paying attention. You know? Yeah, you can you know, you get it driving, you know, you start thinking about things, and you're like, eh, "You know, da da da," and you hear this just jolt just wakes you up. You're like, "Oh, <laughs> oh crap!" And um, yeah, so I pull over, 
and it's ridiculously hard to turn the wheel. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I get out, I open it up, and I see this belt just sticking up. I'm like, oh man. And, uh, it, it's like, it's like jammed into like three or four different places because it's all tangled up and just twisted. So I have to actually go and like get like a couple extra people and some gloves and start yanking this shit out like one at a time. We actually have to unscrew like the intake manifold. (laughs) Oh man, it was bad. Yeah. So after that, come to find out that, uh, you know, we're, you know, uh, what was it? I, oh, I didn't have the cash on me. I had just enough cash to make this trip. And, you know, it wasn't like, this was a trip out of like necessity, not like, right. you know, I couldn't, I couldn't just turn around. So I was like, okay, well, I don't, I don't have enough money to get this replaced. I mean, I know the belt's that, but I can't do like the labor myself and there's nobody around, you know, and I don't have the money to take it into a shop. So what all does this control? Oh, it just controls the air conditioning, the power steering. Oh, you know, <laughs> nothing necessary to drive the car. You know, if you got man arms and you can turn it. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> 400 miles later. I had the power steering go out briefly in one vehicle. I had the fluid had some issue. That was, uh, that was not fun. No. It was, see, the thing is, is mine, this poor car over, over the years, this car like slowly fell apart and I was so poor, I just couldn't get it fixed. Mm-hmm. So, not only did the power steering go out and the air conditioner went out, the uh, the transmission started to go out and the brake pads went completely out. <laughs> so I had to use the handbrake. So imagine me with one arm yanking this thing to the left around a curve while holding the e-brake, <laughs> sweating my ass off in the middle of July. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, it was bad. That's uh, that's hard times right there. Oh, yeah. Like, Got to get to work. So, yeah. That kind of, it, yeah, I, I swear that car looked like something out of Destruction Derby by the time I was done with it. <laughs> you, ever, you ever heard of driving it till the wheels fall off? Yeah. All, everything but the wheels <laughs> fell off that car. Oh, man. Oh, man. So, uh, anything else interesting happened in your week? Yeah, so I've been I've been playing a lot of games. Um, I've been playing some more Magic, of course. Um, it's, man, I just, I can't stop. <laughs> I've actually got yeah. to the point where I'll wake up in the morning you know, see the kid off to school. And then mm-hmm. I'll sit down in my computer before I start work, because I work from home, I'll load up magic, play a game or two. And so just jumping straight in. that good, huh? Yeah. Just, it's, uh, uh, I, I like, I love games where you can just sneak it in, you know, because the matches don't last that long. And you can just, you know, I got five, ten minutes to spare. Let me just sneak one in. Yeah. Um, so I, I did, I, I've done a couple of the, uh, other modes like the drafts, and then there's constructed where you take in the pre-built or your de- de- uh, the you go in <laughs> with your decks you build, and then you play mm-hmm. a best of however many. Um, so so if that's the one where you said it's three and you're out. Well, or is it yes? So both draft and constructed generally are three. Uh, there are special modes that pop up from time to time. I mentioned those before. Um, today just started a really interesting one uh interesting one where it's a cascade thing you uh play a card and then it searches your deck for something one mana less or lower so basically any lower cost card and you play it for free so that's a really interesting and it's just a fun gimmicky mechanic they throw in it costs almost nothing to participate um and you get two losses and then you're out on that one but you only go up to like six wins i think 
Uh, and five, or it goes up to seven wins and five will break even. Something like that. Uh, today I went uh, one and two. Or no, two and two, I think. Uh, but So you're not out yet. No, I am, because that was the one that only had two on the gimmicky one. Ah. Um, I did I did a constructed where I went in with one of my decks I really like, uh, and I went one and three. So that was that's better than 0 and 3, you know. Yeah, um, wins a win. Yeah. But I, I got some really good cards out of it. So, I mean, that's kind of, I've talked about this, you know, most times I talk about the draft and stuff. Uh, that's really kind of the plus, no matter what, you're going to get cards. Um, constructed is only a couple packs. So that's not mm-hmm. really as much as a draft. But I went into a draft uh, this past week and I had my best draft ever. I went four and three. Nice. I almost broke even on that one. But I got tons of cards from that that I uh, really like or that are really good. Um, I, I've i played enough. I've managed to stay in bronze two all week. And I was so close to bronze one. So close. It was literally the progress bar. I thought I'd, I thought it ranked up because it looked mm. like it was in, it was completed. So you had like that, that millimeter. Yeah. Like, you know, net hair. Yep. Width. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I had that, that. and then I lost, and then I went back up to almost that. Basically, one more win would have done it for me, and then I lost, and I went back up. So I have been so close like three times, but I just can't get that final win. Um, Oh, it'll be worse when you you win, and you're in, and then you lose, and you're out, and you win, and you're back in. um, Actually, see, it doesn't work like that, though. If you lose and drop down, you have to win like four more times to get back up. And it is pretty ridiculous. Uh, I don't, I don't understand why they do it like that. Um, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Most ranking systems don't do that. You know, if you fail by one, you win by one in your back. Um, but they definitely make you earn it more. Uh, I'm, I'm, sh- but yeah, I'm sure as soon as I hit bronze one, if I do, because it's been terrible, uh, then I'll just drop right back out, like I did with. Bronze three when I first got to it immediately dropped back out. Bronze two dropped back out of it. Had to work my way back up. Um, and I'm playing against some really good decks. I actually had to take my deck and basically start over and mm-hmm. put in stronger cards. You know, more rare cards and cards that I saw other people playing and try to get like Planeswalkers, which is this whole mechanic that didn't even exist last time I played Magic. Um, and I don't even have enough... Uh, basically dusted cards, you know, wild cards to use to build it like I want it. So I've got yeah. kind of a three quarters of the way there deck, and I just need to either draft the cards I need or get enough to dust and, you know, wild card uh, more of them. But they're like the rares and uh, mythic rares that I need to actually finish it out with the So there's like key cards. components of the deck. But, yeah, right? well, well that's, that's how I'm, I'm just going off Hearthstone because usually it's your your purples and oranges that kind of solidify the entire yeah it's um, method of the deck yeah and it's not a requirement but it's another win condition like yeah. when i drop this on the playing field depending what else is out there they may gg then and concede the game that's yeah. how you know monumental it can be but other times i play it and i have nothing on the board so it's just fodder essentially doesn't do much um but it and there are different different planeswalkers i throw i want to play i only i Basically, for my deck, I had two that I want to put in. And really, you want to have more than one copy of a Planeswalker so that if it immediately gets murdered or something or counterspelled, 
you have another one. I'm playing one copy of one Planeswalker, so it's not a huge deal right now. Everybody knows the secret to beating you. (laughs) But it's not my only win condition, though, so thankfully uh, with this deck, it's not... It's not a requirement, but it keeps me alive, essentially. it's a, I play in a Johnny deck, um, which is a lot of uh, basically regaining health. So it's not uncommon for me to, if I'm winning, to go through a game and finish out with 40-plus health when you start at 20. Um, See, I've never been... Uh, I've never really known Magic quite as well as anybody else. Mm-hmm. But I have played a lot of Hearthstone, which I've heard is very similar. Uh do they still have the same basic archetypes? Like, do they have control decks and aggro yeah. decks and tempo decks? Yep, absolutely. So, yeah, I love aggro. Yeah, that's that, my favorite, favorite so, deck type. Just hit them in the face as fast as you can, as hard as you can. The draft over, I over, went over. four and three on was a red-blue deck, of course. So I just murdered them with spells and counterspelled all their stuff. I hate those yeah. decks, and that's why I ended up, that's the way the draft <laughs> went. So I played it. Yeah, I, I hate those decks. I hate playing against them, but they're so good. I mean, I don't I don't blame anyone for playing them. It makes sense, um, mm-hmm. aside from the Nexus of Fate idiots, like earlier. Um, uh, they get me stuck in an infinite turn loop because they have... Oh, yeah. yeah explain explain uh, for the viewers back home how that works. So while I was waiting on Adam to get ready for the podcast, I was like, I'll play one more game. You know, they typically run 5 to 15 minutes tops. So mm-hmm. I... I'm like, all right, I have time for one more game. That game lasted, I want to say, 25, 30 minutes. Yeah, about 25, 30 minutes. Yeah, because this guy, So, and I was playing that mode where you play and it looks for something cheaper to play, which didn't really matter for this, but basically they had four Nexus of Fate cards. What that card does is you play it, it gives you another turn, which in a card game is already OP. And then, and then because it's not over, <laughs> it doesn't just go to the graveyard. It goes back to your library so you can draw it again sometime. And in this game mode, the deck goes really fast because you're basically drawing or playing roughly two to three cards a turn uh, from your library, depending on your deck. And yeah, he just kept drawing, kept drawing. And eventually his deck got down to eight cards. And of course, he just kept drawing the He just the keeps next drawing fate. it over yeah. and over again. Yeah. And he just Keeps you in that infinite loop, just slowly whittling you down. Huh? Yep, and he had planeswalkers Dude. out, and so they they kept doing their thing because the way planeswalkers work is they're a special card that goes off to the side, and they have typically three actions they can do, and they have a counter on them, which also functions as their health. They can't attack though, but they'll have an effect like one that the one I use is I get plus two to my planeswalkers' health. And it Mm -hmm. heals me for the number of creatures I have on the board. So when I have all my tokens out and I have like six creatures on the board, bam, instant six heal. And it goes up to on the Planeswalker. And then once you get high enough, it typically has a negative that's like minus one to three that does something beneficial. Like uh, I think the one on mine is add a plus one, plus one counter on a couple of creatures uh, Mm -hmm. or something like that. So it's pretty good. But then the there's there'll be like negative eight, and okay. it'll you'll so it takes a while to build up to that. It takes like three or four turns typically to build up to that if you don't get attacked. And then that's something really powerful, um, depending on the planeswalker. I think mine isn't that great. Um, I got it mainly for the health with all the tokens. Um, but I think the other one is the one that has the better big minus. Um, but yeah, so this guy had 
three planeswalkers out at a time, roughly. I think at one point he had four, and they were all doing their thing, buffing their own health. And they, since he got infinite turns, they just kept going up. So then I got hit with the massive minus, you know, ability on them over and over. So I ended up with like four 10-10s on the other side of the board ready to smack me in the face. And I was uh. I was up to 50-something health before the loop started. And then he just eventually killed me. And I made him sit through every second of it, too. He didn't concede. You were just no. like, I'm going to be malicious. You you want to play cheap yeah. tricks, I can I can make you suffer for it. Because he, here's the thing. I probably would have conceded, but he did what I hate when people do. He did the BMGG. He GG'd like five minutes in before he ever played a card that could kill me. Uh. So he GG'd early, and I'm like, okay, you want to be like that? And he did it three more times before the game actually ended. I was like, yeah, you're going to keep doing that? I'm going to keep sitting here. I got up, wow. went to the bathroom, came back. Oh, yeah, there's a prompt on the screen I need to click. Sure, I'll click it eventually. <laughs> yeah, you want to play a time-wasting deck like that? I hate uh, it. it. Yeah, they do, they do the same thing in, um, in Hearthstone. You'll end up with uh, some pretty outrageous combinations. Uh, they've got one. Oh, man. If they can set up for it, it's a one-turn kill every single time. They've Jeez. got this card that... uh, It's a card that when you play it, it, every time you cast a spell, it puts a fireball in your hand. <laughs> nice. Okay, and fireball does six damage to yeah. either a person or wherever you want it. Uh, so every time you you uh, cast a spell while this minion is on the board, it gives you a fireball. Then they have two cloning spells and two minions that uh, reduce the cost of spells by one. So nice. they play both those minions... Then they clone both, or then they play the big minion. Then they clone the other minion twice. So <laughs> each time he clones, it adds a fireball and also reduces the cost of the fireball. So the fireballs become free. And then yeah. you cast a fireball, it gives you a fireball back. Cast a fireball, it gives you a fireball back. Cast a fireball, it gives you a fireball. Oh, yeah, there, there are similar thing. decks in Magic. Um, I saw someone playing one the other day, and yeah, he kept there's a spell that will let you copy another spell. Mm-hmm. And then he kept doing that to copy. A spell, and he had like two of them going. I don't remember what the exact combo was. Basically, he had two of them going. So he was doing a, or he had something that happened whenever he cast a spell. So it's like, oh, whenever you cast a spell, hit your opponent for two damage. And he just kept looping it. And every loop is a, you know, every duplicate is a cast. So two, four, six, eight. Yeah. And then your opponent's dead after, you know, 10 cycles. (laughs) Yeah. That's the, those are just broken mechanics. Yeah, and that, and that luckily with Hearthstone they wheel everything out pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So if they catch you doing something that's just broken, they'll nerf that shit real quick. Yeah, oh, Magic typically doesn't do that. <laughs> let me let me tell you one bad thing about this. I mean, Blizzard's gotten in trouble here le- lately for uh, you know the whole Diablo phone game thing. Yeah, which they deserved. But <laughs> typically, Blizzard makes really good decisions. Yeah. Let me let me tell you about happened this last expansion in Hearthstone. They came out and they said, you know what? We don't need to nerf anything. We don't need to nerf anything. We're good. We like where the meta's at right now. Which is like super rare for Blizzard. The community went into an uproar. <laughs> they were like, how dare you not see this thing the Druid has, which is OP and we hate it and fuck everybody and blah, 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 blah. Blizzard says, okay, you want some shit nerfed? They nerfed a classic card for Mage that had been like a staple of every single Mage deck since the beginning <laughs> of the game. I think I heard a little nerfed, bit about that. And they nerfed, it was uh, the the Monoworm. A little stupid, you know, 
one cost minion. You play it on turn one, you coin, you play a one cost spell. Now it's a three three, you know, and you hit them with a spell. Sure. So it's a great it's a great opening. It's not going to stay on the board long. It's easy to remove. Yeah. But it helps you build tempo. Nah, you don't get that shit no more. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, so that thing got nerfed. The mana cost got raised to two. So that's fucking worthless. Uh, which is amazing that they can just bump that up one point and it completely yeah. destroys the card. Um, but they also nerfed something that had absolutely, it was a perfect counter for, uh, aggro decks. It was a very, it was a very control oriented card. It was a five cost and it dropped, uh, two, one, two taunt minions and a two, one. And it's like, oh yeah, okay. I get basically, uh, you know, four, I get four, four worth of stats or four, three worth of stats with Divine Shield. Hmm. It's a pretty, pretty good little value card right there. Yeah. And it helps slow down the, the pace because each one of these things had to be hit twice before you could go face again. So it allowed, you know, a moment to breathe and you could play something off, off of it to, uh, you know, increase your own, you know, help turn the match around. Yeah. Gave, left you with enough mana to do so. Oh no, they fucking murdered it. There are memes <laughs> online. They were like, rest in peace. You did not deserve this fate, this card. Everybody <laughs> loved this card. It was in everybody's deck. It wasn't overpowered. It was just fucking right. They went five mana. Fuck you. It's seven mana now. Jeez. Eat shit. You want nerfs? We give you nerfs. Here's your nerfs. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So Blizzard's coming out with their new expansion on the seven next week. I think. Thanks. Thanks next week. Maybe yeah, a little bit longer. Seventh would be but, next Saturday, I believe. Yeah. So uh they're coming out with the new expansion. They've got a bunch of new mechanics and stuff like that, but oh man. Don't don't tell them don't call their bluff on oh you you not wanna you wanna nerf any cards. There are cards that need nerf. Now just shut your fucking mouth. Yeah. Don't <laughs> they, poke the the innocence will they nerfed the card everybody wanted nerfed. They nerfed a bunch of stuff everybody didn't want nerfed too. So yeah. The meta got shifted. Yeah, and that's kind of, you know, where I'm at in Magic. Well, I don't expect to get much higher. I, I didn't expect to get the two. I really didn't, but I just, mm-hmm. I've got a decent enough deck. Someone merged me with it, so I basically copied it, and then my new one I created. I had a rough idea of what I wanted to do based similar to it, but not exactly like it. Um, but I'm getting up higher rank now. I'm going against all the good decks, <laughs> the yeah. much better decks, so I don't expect to get much higher at all. I know, uh, you'll get there. I'll probably hit bronze one, but it'll. I'm I'm fully expecting a flux where I get to bronze one, get knocked down, and I spend forever in bronze two, and then I get back up to bronze one and immediately got, get knocked back out. Um, I just will need need to, need to improve the depth of your collection. Yeah, and that all. And once you start getting that, like those key cards you were talking about earlier, you get a couple of those little cornerstone pieces in there. Yeah, I think you'll stick around in bronze one. Yeah, it's it's gonna take a while to get those though. You know, I've had, I think since I've been playing, I've had three Mythic Rares total. So it's not something that you get really frequently. Uh, Let me ask you this question. Sure. This game's free to play, right? Yep. Can you pay for stuff? Yep. Do you think this game is worth putting some money into? I'm... You seem to be enjoying it. I I need to check the prices of stuff because even though... And Mm -hmm. at this point, I think I'd probably be okay with putting a little money. I was actually thinking about it earlier. But I need to make sure their value is worth it because a lot of times I want to support a game, but I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to pay, you know, 10 bucks for 100 gold. That's worthless. You know, I earned that in five minutes playing the game. So why would I spend 10 bucks mm-hmm. on five minutes worth? I want something that is worth it. 
Um, and they actually have a basically starter uh, thing you can purchase. I think it said it was five packs plus a certain amount of gems, like a thousand gems or so. That's not a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not check the price because um, I was streaming at the time and you have to go to their website and stuff uh, to put in billing information. I didn't want all that on <laughs> on stream. Um, so I, I'm going to check it out. I'll uh, maybe I'll report back on next week on that. Uh, well, maybe maybe it would be a this might be something you also might want to check into is uh, see if they've got a card expansion coming out. Because usually the way Hearthstone works, right before the expansion, you can get 50 decks for a set amount of price that you'd normally get like 30, 40 decks for. So you end up getting an extra little bonus amount of decks for buying in at that moment. And since the game's free anyway, if you actually enjoy the game, you should support the developer. Yeah, I think that... Yeah, that's a, that's my thought. Yeah, I think it. this is set up a bit differently to where that's not really... Mm-hmm. There's not an equivalent. You're not going to get that many decks. Like, they give you a bunch mm-hmm. for free when you start the game and at play for a week. I think that's about it. Um, mm-hmm. They do occasionally give out codes like I've won uh, Selesnia, which is a green-white type of deck. Uh, I won a code for that. So I got a bunch of cards for free just from, you know, watching some streamers play. Uh, nice. But I don't... And even though I got the deck for free, I mean, it's not that great overall. Um Okay, so this says five bucks, you get 2,500 gems and five of the uh, 2019 set packs. Five packs isn't that great. The 2,500 gems is pretty nice. Um, I've been playing for, I guess, a month now, and I'm up to 1,000 gems. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, double what I've earned in a month. So for five bucks. So that's like a quarter yeah, worth of yeah, work. Right so that's, uh, that's not bad. Uh, five bucks maybe i'll do that since it's you know it's a one-time purchase you can do as a starter welcome but basically other than that they want you to buy their gems and then you can buy packs off that uh there doesn't look to be any straight up decks just packs that's it and that's through gems um 750 gems are normally five bucks so i don't but that's that's basically like one draft that's not i don't think that's worth you know well, just one of those things where, you know, and I'm not saying this is the case for you or with this particular game, but when, see, I didn't buy anything when it came to Hearthstone. Mm-hmm. I played I was nothing but free. And after I'd played it for about a year and a half, I realized, you know, I really like this game. I get a lot of enjoyment out of this game. Next expansion came out and I said, you know what? I will buy mm-hmm. that. You deserve some <laughs> money. For, and so... That was my my thoughts on that. See, yeah, that and so Hearthstone and War Thunder are the only games I've ever spent money on, and that was because they I played them for so long, and you know I ended up going, okay, well I I can I can spend some money on this because it's worth it. Yeah, they deserve something. And I, I've done similar, um, particularly typically with phone games because they're usually I don't typically pay for phone game or play phone games you have to pay for, but if I'm enjoying one like. Mm-hmm. I play one now, it has, and I pay three bucks a month to get a little bit extra, you know, in-game currency. It's not a lot, but three bucks is three bucks, you know. It's yeah. kind of like this one. Oh, hey, it's five bucks. Okay, sure. I don't mind five bucks um, as long as I'm getting value, and this is value. Um, you were just trading time for cash, yeah. cash for time. Yeah. If you look at it from that perspective, is it worth it? Eh, sometimes. Yep. Like uh, that one deal you were talking about. That's like. Two and a half, almost three months yeah, worth of work. Absolutely. 
you know, and that save you get it instantly. So that'll save you a good bit yep. of time. If you were to buy two of those, then that saves you six months worth of work. That's half a you year. You know what? I just bought it. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I was curious of the process, so I bought it, yeah. Just to see. Uh, you should get uh, Wizards of the Coast to hire me because I'm the best <laughs> salesman ever. I mean, I was looking and, at it uh, earlier, so I was going <laughs> to probably do it anyway. I can convince people that are probably going to buy things anyway to buy your product. Oh, man. So uh, <clears throat> any, any other games oh, you've yeah. been playing? Got a couple more to talk about. So this week, it kind of snuck up on me, but the second of the Spider-Man DLCs came out. Um, this one is... Wow, the DLCs are already well, Yeah, I mean, out? this is the second one. They oh. actually had it. the game released the following month, the first DLC, next month, second DLC. Mm-hmm. Next month will be the third DLC. Um, the DLC wow. as a whole, this three, this trilogy, if you will, is called The City That Never Sleeps. Um the first one focused on Catwoman. Um, this mm-hmm. second one focuses on uh, some gang stuff related to the first DLC, but focuses more on them. Uh, so when you say Catwoman, you mean Selena Kyle? No. Uh, no. Hardy? Or, or sorry. Hardy. Uh, Not Selena Kyle. Oh, no. God. Yeah. Felicia. Felicia Hardy. Felicia, what's her name? Yeah, there you I go. I was like, am I the there wrong one? See? I, yeah. <laughs> I knew it was. <laughs> we went from DC. I've, I was thinking of Felicia, and I said Selena. Yeah. I don't know why. It's because they ended sure. in L.A. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, and I don't know if you were on an episode where I talked about the first one. I don't think so, since you're so surprised about the DLC. But my biggest issue mm-hmm. with the DLC is I beat the first one in three and a half hours. And when I say beat, I mean 100% the DLC. And wow. it, the they're like 10 bucks each or something like that. Uh, I think the three... Buying all three at once, I think I paid twenty five bucks, but individually they're ten. Uh, it's that's not good. Um, so I mean, three hours worth of content. Is, I mean, I'm, I come from the Baldur's Gate school of DLC, where you know they add like a whole ten, twelve hours worth of content. I'm thinking expansion pack when I think real right. DLC. You know, no, I mean? this wasn't that. Um, so this one called Turf Wars. Uh, I enjoyed it more than the first one, uh, mainly because the content of the first one, the kind of the the gameplay was fine. That part of it was fine, but I didn't like what they used for a plot hook. Um, second one, that's not an issue for me. I enjoyed playing it, but again, only took me four hours to hundred percent it. So four yep. hours. And I mean, and that's, I mean, that's not really saying much when the base game I think took me. 20 hours ish i'll have to give a you know what if i could get another four hours out of city code not do it. yeah but <laughs> so they were like here here's your four hour dlc i'd be like you okay never mind it took me 20 and a half hours to 20 and a half hours to beat spider-man and then another 12 hours on mm-hmm. top of that to 100 percent. so it took me 32 hours 32 and a half hours 100 percent spider-man the base game that's not, it's not terrible um but it it was very, it was very uh, quick. Um, a lot of that was side stuff. Even when I did the amount of time it took me to beat, I was doing side stuff as mm-hmm. I went. <laughs> it, the only reason it took me twelve hours after that was because I was trying to get gold stars on stuff to hun- get a true hundred percent. Because the end game hundred percent doesn't care. You just have to basically complete everything on the map. Um, mm-hmm. But it'll accept like yeah. bronze and silver. Yeah. So I spent like an but hour you, being a true gamer. Being a true gamer, you won't accept anything less than the. Best. I mean, I did. I got tired of doing it. So. Did, they, 
<laughs> Did they give you anything special? Uh, yeah, for, yeah. There's uh, a special costume for 100%ing Endgame. I'm surprised that's not a, a factor in the 100%. Um, but yeah, and there are actually hidden photos. So there are the landmarks you can take photos of, and they show up on the map. But then there are hidden photos that don't have any sort of tracker. After doing the second DLC, I'm up to 47 out of 50. So I'm so wow. frustrated. So you're still <laughs> Yeah, I'm out. hoping with the third DLC, I'll manage to... Tra- and I, I don't fast travel very often, so I can go through the town. And when you get close, I always have the ability on that pings them on the map when you're close to them. But you have to be really close. So I always, you know, web sling my way across town to uh, get where I'm going just in case I run into them. And sure enough, sometimes I will. But I have a feeling these last three are going to be miserable trying to get. It sounds like it's, it's going to be one of those things where you have to go and check every single little nook and yeah. cranny to be able to get, you know, just close enough to where the thing picks up. Or you could pick up a guide. You could always break down. Just be like, find locations. <laughs> yeah, on but map. I mean, even then I have to figure out which three I'm missing. So there's no checklist in games. Yeah. So I can't just go, okay, I'll go find these three. Nope. I have to go through. See. And I, I don't mind doing it naturally. I don't feel like I need a guide for this because I've already gotten 47 out of 50 without it. So obviously mm. I'm doing all right. See, I, I run into similar similar issues like with the Grand Theft Autos. Mm-hmm. You have to go and track down all the pigeons or whatever. <laughs> and I'd get, I'd find all but one and I'd scour the map for days looking for that last one that's left. And then finally I'd break down and get a guide and just start Xing locations yeah. off. <laughs> That's that's basically how I do. I'm just like, okay, let me check this bridge. Nope, not here. X. The map. Let me go here. X. I don't think the map's that bad. Um, I think you could go through it pretty simple or pretty quickly to knock them off. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it took four hours. Um, I enjoyed it. It was fun what I played. Um, the story, the story of the game has been good. You know, there are a couple things here and there where it's like, eh. But overall, yeah, it's a solid story. It's Spider-Man, you know? It's got a lot of stuff from comics and movies. You see characters and you're like, I know that character. I know who that is. <laughs> I heard Miles Morales was actually Yes, he this. is. Um, and huh. is, that, is he pretty prominent in the story or is he just kind of like, hey, I'm here, and he just disappears? Uh, I'd say fairly prominent, yeah. That's cool. Um, it's, Maybe I'll pick it up now that I got a PS whatever, four. five, six, three, um, four. That wasn't one of the games? <laughs> He got you? Okay. No. Nope. I was originally going to get the Spider-Man bundle. Right. Yeah, he told that story. And then I said, fuck it. <laughs> I said, fuck it. Yeah, I'm getting that different right. with the pro. Um, yeah, I mean, it's. I'm sure it's cheaper now. You can probably get it plus the DLC bundled for a little bit less. That'd be. I think that'd be worth it overall. Um, right now, I've got so much of a yeah. backlog. You can wait until it drops oh, more. Um, Pick it out of the bin for 15 bucks. Yeah. So... The big game, and I feel bad just moving on from Spider-Man so quick, but there's not a whole lot to say about it. You know, it's a DLC. I did the missions, and I was done. (laughs) When I look at DLCs, and I said this before with the expansion pack thing, I think DLC should be like... Have you ever played a Civilization game? Oh, yeah. Okay. You understand when when a Civilization expansion pack comes out, it like shifts the entire meta of the game? Every That's time. when I stopped playing. It, like, <laughs> <laughs> well, see, the thing is, I would, I never play a Civilization game till all the expansions are out, because I don't want to learn all these mechanics and then have them flipped on yeah. their head when you know the new one comes out. So, um, you know, like that 
religion wasn't even a thing in the first iteration of Civ mm-hmm. Four, Civ Five, and then they and then they add it in there, and it works in a certain way, and you have to make it work, or else they'll use it against you. Yo, it's such a good meta game, but yeah, it's confusing. Yeah, so I th- I like it when DLCs do that kind of thing. They go, I- I'm gonna change the way your perspective is on this entire yeah. thing. Uh, I would love to see like, and they do that in Baldur's Gate and Neverwinter Nights. To an extent, too, because you end up with new classes, you know, and in D&D, anytime you start a game with a new class or just have a new class's, you know, ability features, you know, showing up in combat, it changes everything. Yeah. It changes literally everything about how encounters play out or how you think tactically about situations. I love that kind of yeah. stuff. So that, when I, when I look at expansion packs, that's what I'm looking for, something, something that, Breathes new life into a game. And, and speaking of, you know, changing it, how you look at it. So there's an interesting thing about this DLC, since you weren't here, I'll repeat it. But you have to actually Uh-oh. go into the menu, the pause menu, or rather not the pause menu, mm-hmm. the map menu. There are two different menus for whatever reason. Um, what the? Yeah. If you press the start button, you get a pause menu. If you press the touch pad, you get the map and then you can tab to other stuff. Um which isn't a big deal going to the map when you press a different button, but, you know, you'd expect them to kind of go to the same thing. Anyway, so you have to go into the menu, the map menu, and there's a new tab for DLC. You go over and you have to actually select that you want to play one of the DLCs. Um, And when you do that, all the missions and stuff you're doing in the main game, you don't see them anymore. You have to switch it back if you want to keep playing those. So this is the first time I've ever seen a game do this where the DLC content on the same map does not interact with each other. So, like, I, I, I don't get it. I, is, that a, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I'm trying to figure it out because, I mean, it would it kind of derails the pacing of the plot for the main game. Yeah. But at if, the same time, I guess that's kind of liberating. If you do it that way, though, you know. If you don't play the main game and then play DLC, because you have to switch over. So why would you do that midway through, you know? Um, I think mm-hmm. it'd be really odd. What I think they really should have done and what typically happens is, okay, well, once you beat the game, here's your DLC content. Or, you know, here's content that happens in line you can do any time. Um, I do think for Spider-Man, it would fit better after the end game, kind of as a post game. Kind of like yeah. a blog. Yeah. Kind of- um, it would fit much better there than... <laughs> how they have it now because uh, I don't know see that's a like the Witcher's uh, DLC was like that would, essentially they gave it to you like right at the beginning mm-hmm. of the game if you wanted it and it was just dangling out yeah. there you know and I, you could un- be unlucky and accidentally trigger like one of the events for the DLC and it's like level 36 and you're <laughs> level 10 Yeah, don't ask me how I figured yeah. that out yeah, and that that's what normally happens and also in RPG type games is there'll be like, oh, this is a level, you know, recommendation for this quest. That's how uh, Assassin's Creed does it. All the DLC stuff is accessible. Yeah, typically they'll they'll just have some NPC appear at a tavern somewhere that now you can talk to or a door that was previously, you know, locked is now open. Yeah, with with Assassin's yeah, Creed, that's where you um, go for the- things appear across the map, essentially. You go to this place, and it's like, oh, hey, something's happening here that didn't happen last time you came through here. Um, and if you choose to follow it, you'll have a bad time unless you're high level. And see, there's, there's good things and bad things to say about that, but uh, I'm, like Morrowind, 
the way the Elder Scrolls does it and the way Fallout does it, because they're both Bethesda yeah. games, they just give it to yeah. you right off the bat. So five seconds into the game, you have this quest yep. marker. Then you go to go to X location for ridiculous level content. I, I really don't like that. <laughs> I would prefer to find it organically, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, I see why they're like, hey, you can just beeline straight to this stuff if you're ready. You go ahead and put your console commands in five seconds after starting a new game because we know where you're going to. Yeah, there, there's no, uh, and there's really no level requirement for the DLC. Um, you can, I think you could play it from the start. Uh, it may be a little rough, but that's, I mean, the main game's the same way, you know, if you get too far without leveling up enough, which, I mean, quests really level you up pretty fast anyway. Um, and there's only so much you can do to earn experience outside of quests. So completing the story is essentially how you level to max. You don't need to do anything on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, So Spider-Man did, did see, because this is something I didn't know about the game either. There's yeah. levels in this yeah, game. Yeah, you right unlock there. abilities kind of, and you have gadgets you can improve. And there are a lot of mechanics to it. See, now what the vision I'm getting is kind of like, uh, have you ever played Infamous? No, that's on my... I. I think I actually had it on my desk until I took all the game cases off of it. <laughs> now, there's a game called Infamous, and it's basically a guy got superpowers and beat people up, and then stuff would start unlocking and get new yeah. powers and stuff like that, and the powers. Yeah. So, that's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, eh, maybe it's yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, the way the game works is uh, you have, your your level is primarily for your skills you have. Like, there's one that is really useful throughout the entire game where if you get a quote-unquote perfect dodge on someone shooting at you, you can instant knock them out by pressing triangle, you know, after looking at turning your camera or whatever, making sure they're in focus. But that's an instant kill. Hmm. You know, instant knockout. I'm sorry. Nobody dies in Spider-Man. Until, except for the people that actually died. Um, except for Uncle Ben. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this one was more br- was actually pretty brutal for Spider-Man, I think. Um, I'm trying to remember right. I think it was. Um, but the... So you have these skills like that you can put points into. Some of them are, you know, mm-hmm. p- passive. Some of them are active like that. Uh, you also have tokens you earn from doing things. Uh, base tokens from taking out, you know, hideouts and stuff for bad guys. And you can put those, you can choose where you put those uh, to upgrade your gadgets. And you have uh, tools. So basically, you have a bunch of different Spider Man suits. So you have like all of them <laughs> uh, that you can unlock over time by doing objectives. Uh, some are story based, some are, you know, side objective based. Like, okay, do all the bases, do all the hideouts, you'll unlock a suit or something. I, I say that as an example. I don't know if there's actually one for that. But doing these things unlock stuff like completing the side quest line in the main game that involves Catwoman gets you a special suit. So that's just an example. And each suit, mm-hmm. pretty much all of them come with, I well, I'm not going to say pretty much all of them. Several of the suits come with a suit power. So you can have two or three suit powers or mix and match. There's certain, I'd have to pull the game up to actually give the factual layout of it. But you basically choose which powers you're going to use. Uh, so I, and you have a ability you can use uh, periodically by pressing them, you know, both thumbsticks. I use the one that makes me invincible until the thing runs out. So I don't have to worry about taking damage. That sounds like a good one yeah. to pick. Uh, there's another one uh, 
it's really amusing. This is, uh, I won't spoil it because it's what you get for either beating the game. I think it's beating the game. You get it uh, as part of that suit, but it's ridiculous. Um, some of them are way more <laughs> useful than others, um, but I usually roll around with all my abilities on my suit being like uh, healing kills more. Uh, I can, uh, what is it? Um, and these are the passive ones. Uh, I use the one for hiding, finding the hidden paintings or photo opportunities, not paintings, sorry. And I don't remember what my third one is. I think it makes me tougher or something like that. More deep, more uh, armor, essentially. Something like that. More durable, yeah. Um, so that can't, let me yeah. ask you a question. Can you get the symbiote suit? No. Uh, black suit from Spider Man 3, the old, uh, oh God, I can't remember the guy's name. Toby something. Toby McGuire. Toby McGuire, <laughs> Spider Man. Uh, no. Um, I don't think so. I'd have to look at it just to confirm, but I'm going to go off the top of my head now. Um, there is anything symbiote related. Maybe that's like a, maybe that's like a DLC. That'll yeah, maybe. Out. We'll see. Um, but yeah, so Spider-Man, I mean, it's a fun game. Just be prepared for us to go really quick if you don't do side stuff. Uh, I want to say without side stuff, it's like 12 hours total, if that. Um, but yeah. So you can just mainline that first, the main game, and just be done with it yeah. if you wanted to. It wouldn't take you more than a day or two to yeah. finish it, huh? Yeah, I mean, but it's a good game, and uh, I don't know if you were on the episodes where we talked about. It. I don't think you were at all. Um, but no, nah. these, this is some of the best facial expressions I've ever seen in a video game. Uh, there's a scene with Aunt May that every time I see it, I'm just I'm amazed the all the small ticks to her face, the small details, the, the the wrinkles, her smile. Everything is so finely detailed. It's just like, wow, um, it's very good. I wish the game was longer, but you can see where the work went into it. It is by no means a bad game. It's just a little short. Yeah, that's what, I, what I've been told is that it's. Yeah, great. I mean, it is. And we'll talk about this more in the next couple of weeks, uh, particularly when Michael gets back. But it is a, uh, at the Game Awards, it's on the Game of the Year contenders, nominees. Yeah. Really? Oh. So it's it's a really good Ooh. game. It's really well done. Yeah. So you uh, you had anything else you've been yep. playing? And speaking of Game of the Year nominees, so Uh-oh. so last... So Red Dead, how's that Oh, we going? already went through that. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that anymore um, until we have to for Game of the Year stuff. Yeah. Uh, and why doesn't deserve it? Uh, but <laughs> so last year, the whole reason we're playing Persona now, or we have been playing it now, is because it was a game of the year nominee last year. None of us, I think Michael had uh-huh. started and then dropped it, didn't really care for it. Um, but I started playing it because it was a nominee. I'm like, okay, I mean, it's an RPG. And it was on the, it was not only a game of the year nominee, it was also a RPG of the year nominee. I'm like, well, I've got to play RPG nominees. You know, those are RPGs I've got to play. Yeah. That's like a mandatory. Yeah, so I saw it and we played it. And I mean, look at the experience we've had with it. So I'm like, all right, (laughs) this year I see a nominee. I'm going to play it. So I've played most of them already. Um, As a matter of fact, I played all of them except for one. Um, So I went and bought it. It's an indie game called Celeste. Have you heard anything about it? I have not. And you would hate it um, because you don't like platformers. (laughs) Oh, yeah. yeah. Which I I want to talk about. I want to talk about after I talk about Celeste, why you hate platformers. But, um, okay. So this game is a sprite based 
game. Think like Super Meat Boy, you know, those type games where you've got this fine platforming abilities to double jump, that type thing. Um, yeah. I was really curious after seeing that why it would make it on a game of the year list. Uh, platformers like this typically don't. I mean, I don't know how Super Meat Boy did, but and it's popular, but I wouldn't see that being a game of the year over, you know, all these other, over no, Spider-Man, I mean, over God of War, you know? Yeah, I mean, you look for these big cinematic AAA experiences. They're going to be something that's got gameplay and huge stories and usually big, huge budgets to go along with that. So <laughs> I, I immediately had two negative experiences when I booted up the game. Um, the first one was uh, I went to the controller mapping to, you know, try to map my controllers or just to check, check the controls, basically, and make sure the controller worked. I load up and it says plug in a controller. So, and this is a, only a problem like me and maybe three other people would have, but it doesn't work with a PS2 controller. Um, and for yeah. those wondering, why would you have a PS2 controller to your PC? It's because I play with Final Fantasy XI when I play that. Um, I started playing Final Fantasy XI on PS2, and when I played on PC, I just bought an adapter and I have, you know, so I can play my PS2 game <laughs> on PC, essentially. That's just how you prefer yeah. to do it. Yeah, so now fun. whenever, and I always have it plugged in because I never know when I'm load up 11 again, uh, but I picked it up. I was like, oh, maybe it's unplugged. Nope. Pull it up. It's on. It just didn't recognize it. I plugged in Xbox controller. It's like, oh, hey, here's everything you needed. Um, <laughs> the other... So it's going to make you play with the Xbox Yeah, controller. that's how I played it. Uh, the other negative thing uh, related to that is it's limited what you can bind on the controller. Uh, I could not bind the back start or button click or uh, thumbsticks clicking. I could not bind any of that. What? Don't know why. Why the fuck Don't not? Because uh, the only thing that's not mapped in the menu when you boot up the game is quick reads restart um so basically you have to kill yourself when you want to restart instead of having a button you can push not a huge deal because most mm -hmm. failures involve death anyway but occasionally you get yourself stuck and you're like well i have to restart now so you have to go find a spike to kill yourself on or something um oh you just bail midair you're like i'm not making this yeah. jump. restart yeah you know um not again not a huge deal just an observation i made um so gameplay wise uh like i said it's uh, platformer similar to you know Super Meat Boy and stuff you have your platforming your double jump your wall jump um, why this game and I'm going to start this out by saying I don't think it and this is really a conversation for later and I'll it, it's mm -hmm. hard to you know determine what to talk about now in comparison to when we have our game of the year thing but basically I'm going to just summarize to start with by saying I don't think it should be on here um and not as, not in the same way that I don't think Red Dead is, should be. I understand why Red Dead's on there. A lot of people enjoy the game. I don't. I think it's too slow. A lot of people think it's too slow. Fair enough, you know. I don't think Fortnite should be mm. on eSport Game of the Year or whatever it is. It, it, every category oh, can be in. But that's a thing. This is a little different in that the, the game has a story to it, as games typically do. Uh, though when you get platformers, like, I don't know how much of a story I keep comparing it because it's the only one I really have at hand to compare it to super meat boy. I don't know what kind of story it has. I never played it. I just watched it played. Um, you have some chick you can rescue, I think, 
that's about it. <laughs> I don't think that's really a big part of the gameplay. That is like the prototypical platformer story yeah. right there. The princess needs saving. Yeah. Go find so her. So Celeste is not like that. The Celeste, the name of the game is actually the mountain in the game. And your objective is, you're like, hey, I'm going to climb this mountain. And along the way, weird stuff happens. Um, and the there is an overarching story uh, related to the character you're playing. Uh, Madeline, I think, is her default name. You can change it, but I think Madeline's default. Uh, involving Madeline, and it's an overarching story about mental health, self-love, all this, you know, going through stuff, going through bad situations. I think that's kind of why everybody's making such a big deal out of this game. Now, don't get me wrong. The gameplay mm -hmm. is good. I'm not a platform person either, so I'm trying to be very objective yeah. about it. Um, there's nothing bad about the gameplay itself. I had fun playing it. I beat the game. So that was more than I expected it to do. But it's not a long game. I think total, it only takes like around six hours to go through, depending how stuck you get. Uh, I had a lot of very, very infuriating moments. But I didn't... Let's see. I spent eight hours... I spent roughly eight hours playing it. Uh, I think I beat it at around the seven-hour mark. That's that's pretty short. Well, man. it's only a $20 game, too. So keep that in mind. If a $20 price point, I guess that's not too bad. It's also an indie yeah. game. So. Yeah, I had no... I've played shorter. Yeah, and and yeah. there's a lot more content to the game. There are alternate versions of levels. You can basically go through the game twice, I think, before you've seen everything, and then there's collectibles. So I, I think it's well worth the money for what it is. Um, I guess, you know, thinking back, Metal Gear Solid was only like five, six hours. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. We just spoiled was that the, That's a, Which Metal Gear Solid? Are you talking about the original? Okay. The original right. Metal Gear Solid. For I thought there was a recent one that was also pretty short like that, but then like within a week, someone had condensed it down to like a two hour speed run, which wasn't even very speedy. Oh God. It was, it was bad. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember what game that was. I thought it was Metal Gear. Maybe not. Anyway. So, so I get kind of why people are, and I, I want to kind of look at some news articles too, that are talking about the game, see what they say. But I get the feeling that the reason this is such a big deal is because of the story material. The gameplay's essentially irrelevant, though also good that if it had been bad gameplay, probably wouldn't, you know, get praises like it does. But I think the story is really why people are blowing up about it. Um, I wasn't, yeah, I, I, I just... I noticed, uh, I noticed that's a kind of a trend with indie game developers. Yeah. Not necessarily a trend, I'd say it's a almost a genre that they like to put games in there and then throw some weird subtext in there that you weren't expecting. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of like uh, how Undertale was, or not that I've played Undertale, but from what I've heard, uh, lots of old Newgrounds-style games would have that kind of, you know, okay, here's your mission, and then halfway through the game, they're like, oh, let me flip this on this head. What have you been doing this whole time? Look at it from this perspective, and you're like, "Oh, okay, that's yeah." Cool. That's cool. I, yeah, I think okay. you're right in saying there has been a trend lately, in particularly indie games that are based on some emotion type thing, like this one. Mm -hmm. You know, self love and excuse me, um, whatnot. There was another one where the whole, and this one was the whole game was like about his 
son or something that had cancer and that was all the game was about so it wasn't like it was trying to be something else this is literally basically them telling a story which i'm totally cool with i don't have anything against the game um, but i do think this has been more of a trend where we're seeing these very emotional personal games uh that are basically just ta- basically talking points for some some issue you know and again that's mm-hmm. not a bad thing but i don't I don't think we should be throwing these into the game of the year. Yeah, I don't. I mean, if it had its own category, I'd be okay with that. But as far as like game of the year, I don't know. It'd have to have a really like impactful message. It would have to like turn reality on its head after you got done playing this game. Yeah, now, and that's the thing. There there are categories, and I I swear last year there was one that was like most emotional impact because there were so many games that did that last year. I want to say there was, but. Like this year, there's best narrative. I could see it going in there. That's totally a thing. You know, that's narrative based. Um, it's mm-hmm. also in the best score slash music, uh, which I'm, I was listening, since I saw this beforehand, I was listening to the music closer than I normally do. I, it was, it was good music. It was appropriate music, but it wasn't special. You know, it wasn't persona special, <laughs> if you will. It's not going to have you like humming it later or, you know, it's not going to, I doubt that 10 years from now you'll hear the music and it'll instantly take you back. Oh, yeah. Here it is. Games for Impact is a category. And it's one of like six games in it, along with like Life is Strange 2 and some other games I've never heard of. (laughs) They're basically all indie games. And then there's the best indie game category, which I'm totally okay with it being in there, too. So there's so many other categories where, yes, throw it in. Yes, vote for it if you like the game. But again, I don't, I don't think it should be game of the year material. Uh-huh. And see, that's just—I mean, I guess I don't know whether it's just kind of like the Hollywood machine has kind of programmed us to separate the, you know, the Oscars with the Sundance Film Festival, <laughs> or, uh, or whether it's just you know they straight up don't hold up. But I, I think that game of the year is probably always going to be a AAA title, just because they can afford to do it usually. Yeah. Uh, as far as firing on all cylinders on what I expect from Game of the Year, Game of the Year has got to be, you know, it's got to have great music, a great narrative, great gameplay. Uh, you're looking at a Grand Theft Auto Five. You're not looking at, well, this is your baby basic platformer with a couple extra frills just like any other platformer. But it's got a really great story and a really cool little sub-narrative or a subtext yeah. or whatever. And, uh, you know, they, that not to say those games are bad. They're great in their own right, but I, yeah. I, I'm just kind of, I guess I'm with you and they're just not game of the year yeah. worthy. Exactly. I mean, and I'll say again, it's not a bad game. Celeste was fun. I don't play a lot of platformers. Um, I still have Mega Man 11 on my list to play just so I can, you know, check out the new mechanics they added in. But I don't traditionally play Mega Man games because I suck at them. I suck at platforming in general uh, as a whole. Um, it doesn't mean I don't like them. I just typically don't want to play games i'm bad at and that's why i don't play a lot of fighting games sure i'll play the story part of it but then i'm not gonna play it anymore because mm-hmm. i can play against friends because they get my butt kicked every time unless i button button mash my way to victory somehow um but mm-hmm. celeste yeah it was a fun game i beat it <laughs> so and that was partially partially because i just wanted to see if there was some huge climax that you know people would be roaring over or something like that at the end it tied up nicely and resolved in a very you know 
emotional way, but it just, I was like, okay. I, it's one of those things where at like hour one, if that, you see what's going on and you figure, okay, as I progress through this, things are going to get better, you know? So by the end of the game, I'm like, all right, what's, where are we going with this? What's the twist? Is there anything going on? It's like, nope, it resolves into a happy ending. Okay. Well, okay. Good. <laughs> Very well. Um, so it wasn't, and I feel like I might've gotten to it a little jaded too. Once I realized what kind of game it was. And once I realized what mm-hmm. the story was, but I mean, sorry. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is like, you can't, people salivate for more information on actual games of the year. Witcher three comes out. Everybody wants to know what the fuck's going mm-hmm. on. And then when you get it, there's no way that you could go into it jaded because it's going to be like, okay, well, Here's this awesome experience, and I'm just going to surpass every expectation you have. Same thing for Grand Theft Auto Five. Same thing for you know, like a Persona. Yeah. Uh, those are serious contenders for Game of the Year. Yep. I shouldn't be ho hum about any aspect of a Game of the Year. Yeah. Um. You know? Yeah. So what we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about this some more. No, when oh, Michael yeah. gets we're, back, we're going to come back to this because now I'm going to go check this game <laughs> out. All right. So before we get into your week. I had this on my list to ask you today's episode because we talked about it a little bit last week, um, or on our okay. on our last year in review rather. It kept coming up with Donkey Kong right. and all that, so I was like, "All right, I gotta ask Adam, why do you hate platformers?" Oh God! I see. Thing is, is I was a '90s kid. Enough said. Sure. I got <laughs> I got 99 percent of the games from the time I was five till the time I was 13 were. F- platform <laughs> i mean you know it was like oh man they're gonna make a uh game based on lethal weapon it's a platformer oh they're making a game but for based on bat it's a platformer <laughs> they're gonna make a game based on the ghostbusters guess what the fuck it is okay everything was a platform they didn't know how to make games that weren't platform they did but they were few and far between um uh, People, if it wasn't a platformer, then it was arcade style, like, we're trying to milk you out of your money, sure. and we just converted this over to where you can hit start instead of insert a coin. Okay. Uh, now, that isn't to say that I hate platformers. I kind of embellished that okay. a little bit. I don't, I don't particularly enjoy platformers anymore, and I haven't for a long time. Sure. Uh, and it was just because, you know, as I said, they, I kind of got burned Oversaturation. Out Everything was oversaturation of platformers during my youth. Just killed it. Just killed it. Uh, you got to think. I, I love Castlevania. I, and I think that as far as the genre went, the RPG elements they added in Symphony of the Night, that was the last platformer I actually enjoyed. I mean, that was a like, I good can remember one. thoroughly. That was a pretty enjoyed. good one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I look at um, that one game Michael recommended to me was um, The Messenger, and it has similar aspects and that you go around collecting uh, um cash and experience and you use that to spend on abilities and stuff like that um those aspects make the game fun but uh that that's more of a metroidvania kind of game sure literally spawn the the whole idea is that you go back and backtrack and you find new secrets and stuff like that and the issue isn't the platforming so much as it is like okay well now i'm getting to this new area and the enemies hit harder so i need to grind here and level up and there's just different strategies to it it's not let me um I think 
I think Michael described it best. Like there's a there's a giant area where there's no ground, and you've got to perfectly master the yeah. controls for this, you know. And you can't touch the ground, or you're gonna die. Right. And if you get to the end of the screen, and you're like, oh yeah, this is great. And then there's another screen with no ground. You're like, <laughs> oh fuck. That kind of uh, I gotcha. That that kind of throws me out. You know, I'm I've I've put in my time. Okay, I beat Contra without the code. <laughs> okay, all right, I beat Turtles. Without losing a turtle, okay, I can I can do this. I can. I've proved it. I've I'm you know, it's it's the new generation's turn to to play their freaking platformers sure. and get frustrated to hell with it. Not me. It had to be a really good game to warrant me even attempting it. Yeah. Because I look at the genre and I go, I am. I know what's gonna happen. I'm gonna walk to the right and there's gonna be a pit. <laughs> that's that's how I look mm-hmm. at it. You know, and it. Sometimes they break my expectations. Like, uh, it took me a, it took, uh, some serious, uh, convincing from one of my friends. And even beyond that, he was like, oh man, this game is great and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, you know, I got 99 problems, but platformer ain't one. <laughs> and he was like, but just check this out. And he showed me and he was doing the dash and he turned into a wolf and he turned into mist and he was casting spells by doing bed and combination. I was like, you know what? Okay. Let me borrow the game. <laughs> You know, and, oh, cool. Yeah. Okay, I see. There's extra stuff to this, but no. Okay. As, as far as that goes, that it was just burnout. Yeah. Just horrible, horrible burnout. Fair enough. <laughs> totally understandable. So, tell me about how much you oh, love Persona man. Five this week. Oh, How's God. it been? I don't. I don't know if we got enough time. <laughs> oh man. So I am. As I said before, I'm about twenty, twenty five hours mm-hmm. in now. Um. I've been taking it slow. I've been trying to make sure I uh, I kick my tires and and et cetera before that. I n- somehow I never make it over to the pawn shop <laughs> to drop off all my yep. crap. So I end up with a crap ton of stuff in my inventory. God knows how much money I actually have. So you still haven't sorted out your I money find- situation? Oh no, I've sorted out my. I got to the point where I didn't need oh, it. Oh okay. <laughs> I've started working a part time yeah. job, and I was like, oh, that's okay. It's pretty cool. I, you know, I'm no longer burning through all my money on soda anymore. Gotcha. Uh, but uh, I went through the second palace okay. and devastated that thing as quick as I could and then started playing, uh, you know, started doing the little daily mm-hmm. thing and trying to figure stuff out. And uh, then we just got started on the third palace and I started massacring that. And that's when I realized the error of my ways and that I'd been completely screwing this whole thing up. So yeah, and <laughs> I went back and I'm like, oh, God. I, I wouldn't worry too much about that. Um, I did it. I did most of that i think on my second playthrough because to finish them off mm-hmm. completely is pretty rough um there yeah oh, man it uh it, it's an event and you're gonna want to be pretty much near the end of the game uh period before you even attempt it uh so look forward to that oh god well i uh i'm also here's a question i had for you and All mike right. but i guess it's just gonna be you today is there any way for me to call a meeting outside of a palace event? So, say I'm done with the palace, and I just want to go to uh, whatever the thing is. Uh, oh, man, I can't remember what it's called. The streets, the little separated yeah. place. Is there a way for me to call a meeting and go to that place after I've beaten a palace before the next palace? Starts? I want to say no. Um, I don't think you have access to hideouts. You might. Because go, I go to the hideout. Mm-hmm. And it just drops me in the location. Yeah, I think and that's there's all. No, nobody else shows up, and I'm like, well, it's nice that I'm here by myself. You know? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, that's not much of the game. <laughs> Most of it involves palaces. 
So right now I've got like two things to do down there at uh, Mementos is yeah. what it's called. So I've got two things to do there, and I want to get those done because I'm, you know, I'm just one of those. I mean, you can go like to Mementos anytime. Oh, they won't let me right now. They're like, oh, we gotta uh, get some more yeah, you probably have Target or yeah. something. Yeah, aside from when story yeah, stuff say, prevents you, sometimes it locks you out of stuff at random. It's one of those things that it does. Like you can't stay up tonight. You have to go to bed. <laughs> yep, and it's like you son of a bird. Yeah. So I yeah I just unlocked the area where I would probably spend most of my time in real life, the Red Light District. <laughs> so I've been a, this fortune teller lady, mm-hmm. you know, before all the the uh, I guess the village people snat, snatched up Ryuji. She was telling me that uh, she could read my fortune at mm-hmm. night, and I was like, oh yeah, I'll go do that. And then immediately the story began. Yep. And I was like, oh fuck, I guess I'm not coming to see you for a while. Yeah. Sorry, lady. I didn't finish hers on the first playthrough either because of all the other stuff at night. Yeah. Uh, you have mm. to be very aware of yeah. when they're available. That's, see, that's one of the things is it's like there's just you look and you're like, oh man, there's so much to do and so little time mm-hmm. to do it. And and. Uh, and I can understand why he says like there's you know you gotta understand it you got time but I'm like I don't it doesn't feel like at all no totally (laughs) Um, you're like ah and it's even worse when like you go to see her but oh it's raining so you know it's a day or something she should be there like a day of the week or whatever oh it's raining so she's not (laughs) yep and it's just oh man so and I've got like a backlog of forty books now. Yeah. That's one of the things I do is I go to the bookstore and check it every so often. Now, there's also a movie I need to watch. And there's also a burger badge I need to go mm-hmm. get. It's just like, oh, yep, man. the to-do list. I found a book on how to how to do. You know, I, I think I was asking last week mm-hmm. about uh, hitting the how to hit the ball. Oh, that one, the baseball. Yeah, yeah. They had to actually hit the home run. I figured out what it is. There was a target up there that I didn't see. Uh, so I've been trying to hit that, and I've just been barely missing it every yeah. single time. But I found a book that supposedly increases your ability to uh, bat. So I'm wondering if that's going to yeah. have some kind of weird ramification. If it's just going to give me the skill points or if it's actually going to change the minigame up somehow. Looking forward to seeing what happens with that. But it's just every time I turn around, this game is throwing something yeah. new at me. I love that. I absolutely love that. I've been cracking out on it. every like the, I'm like, go to, go to bed, you kids go to <laughs> let me feed you real quick and throw you in the bed so i can get her back on this game yeah. and uh you know i get a couple hours a night it's been absorbing my free time yeah it'll do that it. oh god and i heard there's an anime out so i'm gonna check that out after i beat oh, the game because i don't want it to uh i don't want it to go through and just spoil anything sure. you know what i mean so <clears throat> that's where i'm at as far as persona goes right now i'm i'm uh farming out the particular set of personas that the the twins want me to mm-hmm. have and i'm uh working my way through the third palace at the moment so more to come i'm i haven't stalled out on the third palace the thing that stalled me was finding that little <laughs> thing in the blue room and going oh crap yeah. <laughs> so oh god uh, any other games but and as far as the games go uh i have put in a little bit of time on war thunder uh, they added naval battles here recently, yeah. so I went ahead and I got the uh, the Fletcher class destroyer premium. Um, it's pretty awesome, actually. Uh, the way the things work in War Thunder is uh, when you play RB, the realistic battles. Um, the aerial dog fights when you play the air mode, it's all a game of speed and positioning, and uh, you know trying to 
perform the correct maneuvers to get on someone's tail or get someone off your tail. And when you play tanks, it's a battle of knowing map knowledge and knowing uh, how to gauge distances very quickly and getting into position and knowing how to where to put your shots once you actually get a chance to shoot somebody. And from what I can under, what I can tell so far about the naval battles, it's, it's actually all of those things at once, which is insane to think about because you're not only moving around on the map trying to figure out where you're going to spot enemies at and you're moving very slowly and methodically uh you're also when you finally get them you're trying to judge their distance very quickly and then put the rounds exactly where in their ship you think their ammo is going to be located to try to kill them faster and uh Sometimes you know you're not going to be able to kill them in one shot, so you want to hit them in a disabling. Right. You, know, you want to hit them somewhere that disables them. Uh, at the same time, you're trying to dodge torpedoes <laughs> and aerial attacks. and Oh, yeah. So the meta for, and right now it's still kind of in the, uh, I don't want to say beta, but it's kind of beta. Uh, they're still they're still working the kinks out of it. So they're, they're, a lot of things are in flux right now sure. as far as how things work in naval, but... Right now, it's everything all at once, and it is amazing. It's very fun to play. Very, very fun. Um, they really need to work on their... Uh, that Gaijin, the company that makes War Thunder, is based out of Russia. So, and I, I'm, I'm going to butcher this terribly, but let me... the uh, You have crews for each vehicle that you have. Okay. And uh, you earn experience for these crews through battle. And then you put points into the crews, and that increases their ability to do certain things. Like say uh, your pilot for your aircraft, and then you raise the the air crew or the maintenance crew's ability to reload quicker or do repairs faster or the gunners on a bomber. They each have their own little stats. Well, on the boats, they've got one that's called uh, I want to say it's like damage control or resistance to the you know uh it, it had some weird name some like obviously we don't know english and we have no <laughs> idea how to describe this concept name okay and the description of it up uh, most of these things are really short okay so you look at you you do the tool tip over it and you kind of see what it is and for the pilot it says oh this controls the the accuracy of how your pilot reacts it controls his reaction speed and how quick he and accurately he performs maneuvers uh, your tank driver, it perform, it controls how quickly he goes through the gears and how accurately he shifts. Your gunner, it controls the accuracy at which he goes horizontally and vertically to the target. Makes sense, right? Yeah. Something really quick, really descript. This thing was like a fucking paragraph. <laughs> and what it was trying to say is that when you have multiple things going on at once, people tend to die. Oh. Okay. And it, on, on a ship... You can be fighting a fire while simultaneously trying to pump out water from flooded compartments while simultaneously trying to repair sure. the ship. And each, if you're doing one thing, the whole crew can concentrate on doing that one thing, and it goes faster. Okay. And so what this stat does is there's a multiplier that occurs. So if you're trying to put out a fire and do a and do repairs, then the time it takes to do the repairs is multiplied. And if you're trying to do that while doing a third thing, it's multiplied even further. So a 15-second repair became a three-minute repair. Yeah, sure. Okay? They couldn't describe that with less than a paragraph. <laughs> and it was like, the resiliency to the hardships of war and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, my God, what the fuck does this mean? And I, I sat there and stared at it for like 30 <laughs> minutes. 
Okay. And then I finally thought about, I was like, I think this is what it does. Oh, man. And I put some points into it and I tested it out and I was correct. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so I put in a ticket to see if they would change the description to something that's actually in English. Sure. Like native English. So, <clears throat> yeah, that was, uh, that was one of those little kind of funny moments I had. Yeah. War, War Thunder is one of those games where I've heard of it a lot. But I've never really had any interest in playing it. Um, did you play some of the other war type games like uh, World of Tanks or something like that? I was really, really interested in World of Tanks mm-hmm. um, because I liked the. Uh, I like any kind of game where vehicles get damaged in a semi realistic way. Sure. You know, like, okay, the gun's out, or the tracks are messed up, or, okay, the crew is rattled. And so, uh, one of my big things was always playing, uh, RTSs. And I used to play a lot of Wargame Red Dragon, um, because it was fairly realistic. And I was thinking about making the jump over to World of Tanks, and I was looking at World of, uh, Warships and all these other games that were coming out. And, uh, at that time, I had a friend of a friend, um, say well what about war thunder and so i looked at war thunder and i thought it looked really cool and so i started comparing them and i started going online and kind of looking it up and the thing that pushed me over the edge for war thunder as opposed to world of tanks or world of warships is that you get all three at once so you can have a person flying a plane going up against battleships or you can have a person flying a plane going up against tanks yeah or you can have a person in a helicopter going up against you know uh you know, jet aircraft and, and tanks on the ground with SPAA, stuff like that. So the interaction was a very big thing. And also the way they modeled the damage was a big thing because I found out they do a hit point system in uh world of tanks as opposed to a, okay, the shot went here and then it penetrated. And then this is what's behind it. The shell would have exploded like this and taken out this guy and this system. And you know, that's how War Thunder decided to do their damage modeling. I was like, oh, well, that's really... That's really interesting because that means shot placement matters all the right. time. Yeah, it sounds like a whole lot more went into it. Um, I can certainly see why you choose it over the other ones. Yeah, it was It was one of those things where it was, you know, I was trying to convince one of my other friends, like, maybe, maybe we should try this World of Tanks thing. And he's like, oh, you know, uh, oh, my God, his name is Chris, too. <laughs> That's another Chris. Uh, so I was talking to... One of my friends, Brandon, and uh, he mentioned that his friend, Big C, is Big Chris, and uh, he was like, hey, uh, you know, I've heard uh, I've heard War Thunder was pretty good. He's like, oh, well, maybe I'll check that out. So I checked, you know, and that's how, you know, it ended up, I ended up going that direction instead of World of yeah. Tanks. And uh, I'm lucky I did, because I ended up getting a whole lot of hours out oh, of yeah. that game. But um, it was, it was, I want to say that was a couple of years back, and uh I have not looked back since. I've not regretted. It was a free-to-play game, mm-hmm. and it took me over a year before I spent a dollar on it. But I'm over a hundred bucks now into this game, and I've enjoyed every every second of it. They have uh, little deals. They have unique vehicles that come out mm-hmm. every so often, and uh, you can either do them in an event, and they're only available for a certain amount of time, and then they go away and they don't come back for years. So it's nothing to find a unique vehicle that somebody got off an event from a couple of years back. You know, like, oh man, look at that thing. That's that's really cool. I've never seen one of those before, and it still happens. <laughs> you know, and uh, I think I think that's pretty neat. Yeah. Now I've got a couple of them. Yeah, it sounds like you've got your money's uh, worth. That's for sure. Oh yeah. Over over time, it took 
and it took a whole lot of time. I'm still trying to figure out certain mechanics on the naval side. Like they have a whole new type of shell. It's a uh, proximity fuse shells. And I'm still trying to figure out exactly how I'm going to use these and what they're good for and all that kind of stuff. So there's, they just keep adding stuff. They just keep <laughs> adding stuff. They keep pushing the tech forward. I think guided missiles are their next big step. They've been kind of afraid to take it. You know, they didn't want to get into the, they, they've been trying to stay mostly skill based in the air. Yeah. But it's just a matter of time before that first heat seeking missile comes yeah. out and that kind of opens up the dam. <laughs> But I think I think we're getting close. Sure. I think we're getting real close now. And we're going to start seeing the uh, the more modern fighter aircraft appear, which will be nice because they'll catch up to the Abrams they've got on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> so you see like these 1960s era jets, like Sabres and stuff like that, flying uh-huh. over the Abrams providing air support. It's really wild. <clears throat> but yeah, it's a good game. It's a good game. I love it. Actually, I've spent a, a whole, I've spent thousands of hours on this game. So. Right. It's my go-to game when I have nothing else to play. Right now, it's been on the back burner. Sure. <laughs> I, I got like, uh, I think I got like three hours in this whole week, and uh, that was just so I could get my bonuses. I said, oh, let me play a match or right. two so it doesn't think I'm like idle. Yeah, that's what I do with Magic. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll just get a couple wins, you know, get my initial 500 gold in the morning, and then I lose four games in a row. I'm like, well, I'll eventually get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, man. I've got a, it was actually Monday is when I got all the hours. <laughs> it's because uh, I was like, yeah, well, I don't want to get into Persona right now because I'll lose track of time and it'll be over with. Yeah. So let me put a couple hours into uh into War Thunder because I can just play a match or can be there. <clears throat> any other games this week? Uh, I don't have any more games, but I do have a couple anime related things that came out. All right. Um, We had a, <clears throat> I, I guess. I've probably mentioned it before, but the new season of Index is out. And, uh, oh man, that last couple episodes, there's actually a story behind this. See, the episodes come out on Fridays, which happens to be the day we also do the podcast. So last week, I didn't get to watch my episode because we left, I had to leave straight from work to go, you know, meet up and get ready to do the, the episode. Sure. Uh, so I get back and I go straight to sleep. I wake up the next morning and I find 30 minutes of free time and I'm like, oh, let me go ahead and watch this, uh, watch the new episode on Crunchyroll. Mm-hmm. It just dropped. The damn thing is there, but it's like busted. Hmm. And I know it's not, it's not like, I can see people talking about it online and I'm like, well, maybe it'll work on my phone. So I pull out my phone and I go to look at it on there. Doesn't work. So I write Crunchyroll in their little complaint forum and I'm like, hey, this episode isn't working for whatever reason, you know, and I, you know, I did all the practical stuff before it came to that. I was like, okay, let me turn off my modem and restart it. Okay, let me restart the Roku and restart my phone. Let me see if there's an update that needs to be downloaded. All those kind of things, you know, just kind of basic troubleshooting. This damn thing would not fucking load. It didn't load until Wednesday afternoon. Wow. I know it wasn't Wednesday morning because I tried Wednesday morning. <laughs> I would try three times a day. I'd try first thing in the morning. Like, you know, I wake up pretty early to go to work. Yeah. And uh, sometimes I'm, you know, up late at night. So I give it a shot like in the in the a.m. hours. And um, nope, didn't work then. And I'd try first thing like when I got home from work. And then i try last thing before I go to bed. And this damn thing took almost a week before it finally loaded in. <laughs> so this episode that I was expecting to watch last Friday, I didn't get to watch till the day before yesterday. 
Jeez. It was, oh, it was, oh man. And it was like a really pivotal episode, like some bad <laughs> stuff had just happened. So what is, what is Index? I haven't heard of that one. Okay. A certain magical index. It's, uh, it's essentially this, and it, the great thing about this anime is stuff I'm going to elaborate on, but, um, this boy, he's got a uh, really terrible luck and he, you know, is going to school in this place called Academy City. And Academy City is a special place in Japan that the technology there is 30 years ahead of the rest of the world. Okay. So they have like little robots cleaning the streets and all their stuff is powered by these giant windmills and everything's electronic from the crosswalks to the police department and all these other things. And uh, they train these special people there called espers. And these espers have a rank from zero to five. And mumbo jumbo about augmented reality. Anyway, they use scientific <laughs> principles to develop magical powers. Sure. Magic-like powers. But they're not magical. Because in this world, they separate magic and science. Okay. So you have the people that rely off mathematics and, you know, scientific principles to manifest powers. And you have people that use magic. And I guess the biggest difference between them would be a uh, a person who uses science will typically only have one power. Say, electromagnetism. That's one of the main characters' powers. Okay. And your level is the ability you have to use that power. So a level zero can't use a power at all. They don't even know what their power is. Uh, a level one would have something very minor. A level two would have something slightly less minor. A level three would have about average control. Level four is pretty, pretty decent control. And level five is amazing control. So one of the main characters is the number three ranked level five. And there's like, I want to say there's like 12 level fives in the entirety of this hundred thousand or this million maybe person city. Okay. And, uh, so she's ranked number three out of all the level fives. And, uh, so he wakes up one morning and there's like a nun hanging off his balcony. <laughs> he thinks she's like a food. He's like, I didn't put my futon out, did I? And she wakes up and she's like, you know, I'm hungry. Feed me. And he, you know, hijinks ensue. It kind of starts out like your generic harem anime. So this, this anime is really good, but it's notoriously hard to get into. Uh, this begin, he finds out that this, uh, girl has like a photographic memory and that the church made her, memorize all these hundred thousand um magical grimoires because she can't use magic and da 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 things happen finds out that there's this big battle going on between science and magic behind the scenes and he has the ability to nullify any type of supernatural ability be it magic or science with his right hand interesting so he goes around and everybody he's an enigma to everybody uh, the first two seasons came out a long, long time ago. I want to say like eight years ago. <laughs> and they're about 24 episodes of pop or 21 episodes of pop or so. And, uh, that's not all. There's a spinoff series that focuses on that specific level five that I was telling you about. Okay. And the stories interweave. Oh boy. So events are taking place at the same time. Yeah. In the same universe. And you're seeing them from different perspectives. And there's another 40 episodes of that show. So you see, you've got 80 episodes worth of content here and they're all taking place in the same universe and they're interweaving and characters from one show are appearing in the other show as side characters and stuff like that. Like the teacher is one of the characters and you see more about her in one series than the other, but she appears in this series. 
the doctors are the same and they cross over. So you're seeing all this, uh, this massive amount of crossover. And the, the really cool thing about it is like, uh, you see, you have one of the major villains from one of the first arcs in Index is like the main antithesis of this other character. And, uh, eventually he gets beaten and he kind of sees the error of his ways and like you have like this entire redemption story going on it's it's so good it's so good but it's really really hard to follow if you're not uh as i'm explaining it right now this is me skimming over like 90 percent of the plot (laughs) sure uh so the third season has been really highly anticipated because if if you got if you're like me and you figured they just weren't going to come out with another season of anime you went and got the light novels and the uh and the manga and went and had and finished off the story like that right but they're into some heavy stuff they're into some really really heavy stuff like major plot shifts are about to occur uh and so far so far the anime's been good uh this third season is a little bit rushed they're kind of breezing through some stuff that they probably should take their time with but you know what it's more so i'm not complaining <laughs> uh finally caught up on a new, on a different series i've been watching the seven deadly sins I, the third season of that came out and uh i had watched maybe the first four episodes of the original thing before i kind of fell off and started watching mm-hmm. something else this was like a couple years back i saw that the uh the third season had started i was like huh well since they've got this you know maybe i should just go ahead and binge the whole damn thing <laughs> yeah so I watched the whole damn first season. It's like 20 some odd episodes. And I'm like, holy shit. This is a good anime. I liked it. And I've got, based off the first season, I'm thinking 20 episodes of pop. You know, this is like 60 episodes I'm going in for. So I'm I'm great. I love this. This is awesome. Yeah. Season two was like six episodes <laughs> long. Yeah. Season three goes back to the 20 episode formula. I don't know what the fuck season two was. Did they just think that just it like, wasn't it. doing good or something? I don't know. I have no I I have yet to look up and see what the actual deal was with season two. Season two was horrifically short. Like mm-hmm. it didn't have a plot arc at all. <laughs> it's just like eh, this is their downtime. Huh. And they're done. Okay. I would have hated to end the series like that. If I'd watched that, I'd have been mad. Yeah. Luckily I could go straight into season three, which had episodes <laughs> and a plot. Yeah. But uh yeah, if I had been waiting at, at the end of season three one for season two and then that shit dropped i'd have been oh i'd have been irate oh uh, yeah it's, it's <laughs> such an odd thing to do yeah so yeah that's just one of the little quirks i did i did notice there's a persona anime and like i said i'm gonna wait <laughs> on that um uh another show one of the breakout shows of this season it's, um rascal does not dream of bunny girl senpai oh Okay. What? And yeah, that's what I thought when I heard the title. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? But it's actually a really, really good show. Like, surprisingly good. Uh, the main protagonist is a, obviously, a high, high school boy. No, surprise, surprise. And he, <laughs> oh, yeah. And he's just chilling out in the library one day, and this girl walks in in a full, like, what Tifa's gonna have bunny costume oh, on. God. And, uh, yeah, we'll get to that later. <laughs> so <No> we won't. <laughs> quick time events. Um, so, <laughs> so he's walking around and it, he, she's just kind of bebopping around this library, you know, looking at people. People are like reading their books and like she's like dipping her head in, like waving her hands in front of them and dancing around. 
and he's the only person that seems to notice her. And finally, he goes, "Fuck! What? What are you doing? Why? Why are you dressed like that in a library? And why am I the only person that can see you?" And she goes, "Huh? You can see me." And turns <laughs> out, um, you know, my, mild spoilers for how this series goes, but uh, there's this thing called puberty syndrome, and it's one of those things that kind of, uh, I guess it's kind of a not a euphemism, but her not being noticed by society in general was because of some things that went on in her plot, and he helps her resolve that, and she starts being noticed by everybody. But in the meantime, she, you know, is uh, slowly fading out of existence. Like, people, like, she can't buy food because nobody at the supermarket notices her. Okay. Yeah, if she picks up a loaf of bread, then nobody even notices the loaf of bread. So she was stealing food and stuff like that. Sure. Um, so, you know, she's trying to live her life. I mean, she, she was an actress and she didn't want to be in the spotlight anymore. And she kind of took it too far, I guess. And then now she can't, you know, have normal day-to-day interactions with people. And I guess that was kind of a thing for how the, uh, world was treating her. Like she faded too far out, but they have other circumstances in the same show that happen like this. And what's really unique about this specific anime is how well done the characters, like, yeah, I, I don't know how much anime you've watched. Quite a bit. Yeah, the uh, the characters get flat a little bit, and a lot of people fall into tropes. Sure, you know, lots of lots of uh, lots of tropes in anime. These characters yeah. are very, very just from everything from the conversations to the little mannerisms they portray. They're all very, very well done. It's I, I'm obviously not the only person that had this idea while watching it, but. Uh, a couple of the major critics that I watch also have highly praised the show for just how well done the in- character interactions are because they're so interesting. Um, you have, at, you can't really boil down personalities in this the way you could with any other anime. There, I don't know. It's just it's it's cute to watch these characters interact. If that makes sense, because sure. you could they act like real couples. Yeah. So. <clears throat> It's just, you know, and he goes around and there are other people with other problems and they are all similarly um, kind of done. One, uh, you know, there's a girl that gets stuck in Groundhog Day because she doesn't want to have to face this thing. And then there's a girl that gets split into two people because she's, you know, fighting with herself about a decision of how to act or something like that. And the show's still going on. Um, but it's very unique. You know, uh, if it wasn't for the supernatural elements of how, like, this puberty syndrome stuff worked, then it would still be a good show just to watch the characters. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. So, the the actual motivation of the plot is secondary to how good it is just to, you know, watch these people interact. Hmm. And, uh, so, yeah, breakout hit. I Sleeper hit, because I had no idea this thing was coming. It just p- appeared, and I said, oh, you know what, I'll try it. And what's the so, uh, what's the name of it again? Rascal does not dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. Yep, it's such a <laughs> such a convoluted You'd never name. Think it. Such a convoluted name, but the guy's a rascal, and Bunny Girl is the senpai. So I I guess uh, and it has it. I mean it. It's just so good. the The way he resolves it and the way it happens, you like you can see it coming, and you can see it coming. You're like, oh no, it's gonna happen exactly like this, and it. Then it does, and then you're like, oh, no. And he's like, nah, I'm the protagonist. Watch me hold my beard. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but if I if I was to make a recommendation for this season, you know, 
I would definitely go with that. And other uh, anime-related news, I found out something major. Okay. Apparently, Neon Genesis Evangelion is coming to Netflix. Yeah, I think I heard about that. That is, I mean, you can't even buy that legally here anymore, not to my knowledge. Not without some expensive box set. Sure. And uh, there's no, now you're going to be able to stream it and the movies on Netflix. This is the, you know, this is one of the defining anime, yeah. you know, of anime. <laughs> and it's, it's coming to Netflix. That's amazing. I'll, I'll probably rewatch we, it. Yeah. This is, this timeline has redeemed itself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so. just as reference, uh, my favorite anime is uh, Ranma One Half. Ronmo one half. Yep. You know, I have seen a lot about that, but I've never gotten a chance to watch it. Yeah, I love it. It's, I know he I know he switches genders when he it gets exposed to water or something yeah, like that. Cold water turns him into a girl, warm water warm water turns him back to his base form of male. Ah. Uh, he was born so, a male. So he turns so when he goes to take a bath at night he turns back into a dude. Assuming he gets a or, warm bath, yeah. <laughs> God, it's I think, a cold shower. It's like, oh crap. Yeah, this is based in Japan, and you typically have the, you know, warm bath, but sometimes water's out. You know, sometimes he's stuck yep. in girl form for a while. Hijinks ensue. You know, it, it's so good overall. The characters are so I can good. Think of, can think of so many ways they could play with that, and they probably did. Oh I yeah. Know, how, how many? How long is that series? Uh it's it's pretty long. I'd have to actually go back and look, but it's pretty long, and the manga is even longer um i don't know if i've read the entire manga but i know i've read the stuff that's in it that's not in the anime like i don't think they go all the way to the end of the manga in the anime um so i've read you know up to the ending uh but it's it's really good it's and it's also more of an adult (laughs) obviously themed anime uh not like Mm -hmm. graphic not like porn adult but like Okay, he's gonna end up topless. Raunchy jokes, he, you know, stuff like. Uh, I wouldn't even go that far. He's just gonna end really? up topless because he's a dude, and it's like, oh, my shirt's wet here. Let me take it off and wring it off. And everybody's is like, dude, at least cover up, you know. <laughs> and he's just sitting there, chest out. Um, <laughs> but it's not. It's not overly gratuitous. I would say um, it's certainly gratuitous, but it's not excessive. And there's so much going on with story and the characters and yeah i i don't know i've talked about a little bit on here but um i read fan fiction um not you know what people normally hate on when they think of fan fiction but i read you know published authors writing fan fiction type things you know people Uh that should be published authors writing fan fiction i read good stuff in other words um and ronma one half fan fiction is one of the things i go to to read um because i just that's awesome it's yeah i didn't know this yeah i've learned something new today yeah it's enjoyable. So where where can I get this, or do I have to go search, scour the back alleys for a DVD box set somewhere? I'm I'm not sure these days. Um, I don't know if it's made its way to Crunchyroll or not. I have not seen it on Crunchyroll. Okay. I will say that I have not looked for it specifically, sure. but I browsed just about every corner of it, and <laughs> I haven't noticed it. Yeah. Um, you might actually have better luck in the manga, actually. I don't know what the TV stuff's uh, going on yet. See, I do have days. I do have Bookwalker, uh, so I can I can probably order it off there. But <clears throat> we shall see. Yeah, um, we shall. Michael and I we talk about 
the guy that lived with our aunt and uncle Andy, he's actually how uh-huh. I watched it um, as a young child. Definitely shouldn't have been watching it, but he had the entire <laughs> the entire series, so I'd get to watch it. He's like the good uncle. Yeah, he's like that uncle that sneaks you the the whiskey. Like, hey, yeah, I'll try this. <laughs> yeah, so I got to watch it. He had the manga too. He had a lot. He had adult mangas too, but we won't talk about that. Um, oh no. <laughs> yeah uh but yeah he got me Poor into baby it chris and then i just i ended up you know looking it up online finding things finding out there were movies watching those um yeah great series that's good i, I, I like that like see because that's that's one of the things that the first anime that i really really got into was tenchi muya yeah and that was you know i Growing up where I grew up, it was just, you know, there was absolutely zero access to any kind of anime store or mm-hmm. every, the only, the closest I could get to anime growing up was those late night commercials where you hear about Japanimation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, call this 900 number and order this. I still have, trash. I still have this booklet. I found it when I was going through my storage unit before I moved. It is a... I don't know if it's Funimation or I think it was actually a combination of anime companies. It wasn't specific to one publisher or whatever. You would have called mm-hmm. Funimation. I don't even know what the proper term term is now. But it was all the animes and you could order them out of the, you know, catalog. And I just had it as a list of animes, <laughs> a reference point. <laughs> okay, I want to watch this one. I want to watch this one. I want to watch this one. And over the years, I've watched some of them, but there's still some I've never had a chance to watch. Um yeah. Like um, the, I actually didn't hadn't watched uh, Neon Genesis ugh, Neon Genesis Evangelion until after I'd played Xenogears the first time, <laughs> and uh, I heard I was hearing online, oh no, it's heavily based on this, and then you know, and it's like, sure. what the fuck are you doing playing that if you haven't you know seen this anime? You need to go you know play you need to go watch this right now, and so I scoured the corners of the internet for good fan subs. Yeah. Until I finally got one because it it is really hard to get a hold of one. Yeah, I mean, if you don't know somebody that's got a set and let you borrow it. Exactly, and a lot of the old animes have been like that too. Because I know, like my catalog, I had it was sometimes in the nineties, you know, probably about mm-hmm. late nineties or mid nineties, actually, maybe even. But by the time I heard of them, I had no idea how to get them. You know. It, a lot of my anime finding was torrents, you know, back in the day when that blew up, I was like, okay, I have a way to find these now. Um, that's how I watched several that I can't find otherwise. Now that you mention it, like stuff like LimeWire, yeah. Kazaa, BearShare, those were, uh, that was really when I, you know, before they made all that stuff illegal and it was just completely impossible to get it, you know, you'd go through that mm-hmm. and scan it with your antivirus and then pray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The yeah. the gamble. And half the time it, half the time it wasn't even what it was. You're like, ah, oh, here's here's the Neon Genesis Evangelion. You know, you watching freaking horse porn or weird shit. Yeah, the yeah somebody's put up there as a prank. The anime community as a whole is so awesome. Uh, I watch Naruto uh, a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen pretty much the entire base Naruto thing, all 200 and however many episodes, and uh-huh. I was watching things as they came out and they were fan subbed like within hours of being released. It was awesome. I would actually download it, watch it, 
and then put it on a thumb drive and take it to school. This was middle school, maybe my freshman year of high school, and plug it into the computer there. And me and a couple of the other, you know, anime nerds in the room, we would watch the episode in Naruto. That was our morning routine. <laughs> I had the fastest That's internet awesome. so I could download it before going to school. That is awesome. Yeah. You know, they came out with it. You know, he's got a son now. Yeah. And you know what his name is. Uh, it, Replace the N with a B. Yeah, I was going to say Baruto. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 I haven't started it yet. Me neither. But I've been watching it. I was like, oh, God, they really named him that? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So I've been looking at it like, eh. But you know what? Speaking of how quickly they got the fan subs, like I know uh, Crunchyroll is on their game mm-hmm. when it comes to the subs now, uh, and even Funimation. I, have, I actually have both of them. They uh, they get those dubs out pretty quick too. They are Johnny on the spot when it comes to stuff airing on Japan. Try to get it over here as quick as possible. Yeah, I, I like that we yeah. we've blown up enough over here that they see it as a priority now. It used to be, oh, who cares about the West? You know. Nobody cares about mm-hmm. anime in the West. We're not going to bother. We just have it in Japanese. That's all you need. <laughs> now there's a market. Yeah. There's a big market. And they have, and that also, you know, just like the games market, you know, slowly began to expand. Now the, the anime market's there too. Oh, yeah. And I, you know, I, I, how many arms I'd have hacked off just to <laughs> get, you know, access to Crunchyroll when I was 14. Oh, yeah. It, you know, just to have this freedom to be able to go around and pick whatever anime I feel like watching. Yeah, this kind of goes back to yeah. our whole episode about nerd culture. You know, it's it's amazing how things have changed. You know, now it's cool to be a nerd, if you will, you know. You can make a Dragon Ball reference in public and not get stared at. <laughs> you know, not get that, like, the, the blink, blink, and then, like, the head tilt. Yeah. You know, and they're like, what the fuck are you, you fucking nerd? Yep, but, so good. Yeah, the uh, I thought that was uh, I thought that was great. They that all that stuff is going to be on uh, Netflix next year, and uh, I w- one more reason why they I keep them around. You know? Yeah, I wonder why why they're bringing it back all of a sudden. The fact I I don't I don't ask those kind of questions because <laughs> you know I have this really huge fear of jinxing it. Sure. <laughs> so. Oh man, have you ever seen it? Yeah, you ever seen Neon Genesis? I'm gonna watch the whole thing again. Yeah, I will because, because I'm sure the there. quality I watched was not good, considering my sources. <laughs> you know, it'd be nice to watch an actual, authentic, real <laughs> mm-hmm. copy of it, and not have to not have to worry about the FBI beating down your door yeah. or downloading something horrible and immediately having to delete it and format your hard drive. Yeah, you you know what. Speaking of illegally buying things, you know what I did, did uh, this past week that felt strange? What's that? I bought a copy of Windows. What the fuck? Yeah. It, like a physical copy? Yeah. Windows 10 on a CD. So I have it on all my computers legitimately now, um, but I didn't mm-hmm. pay for it. I got Windows 8 for free when they gave that out, and then mm-hmm. I got the free upgrade to Windows 10 when they put that out. So all my OSs were finally legit. But then I'm building a new uh-huh. computer for work, and I was like, man, I need an OS. I guess I'll buy a copy. And I did. I bought. I have a legit copy of Windows 10 Pro now. <laughs> it's so strange. Wow. Now, let me, tell you, let me tell you about Windows 10, because I got Windows 10. Mm-hmm. 
I didn't want Nintendo Nintendo Ten. Nintendo Ten. I had Windows Seven. Yeah, and I was one of those people. I was like, I ain't switching. Yeah, eight was Fuck garbage. You. I stayed on seven until I got ten for free. I I stayed on seven until they forced me into ten. <laughs> I kept clicking no. Yeah. Every time that little box popped up, I was like, nah, nah, nah. And I woke up one morning and I had Windows Ten. Yeah. And I was like, motherfuckers. You know, luckily ten isn't bad. Yeah, ten. Ten isn't ten isn't as horrible as ten as an eight. Have you believe? <laughs> yeah, it's not a it's not a phone app Cut. on my PC. Yeah, I'm so miserable at work sometimes because some of our servers use Server 2012, and Server mm-hmm. 2012 was based off Windows 8. So, oh god, it sucks. Um, <laughs> it's so annoying. I've had to get used to it, and uh, I hate it. I actually I remember. Sorry, go every on. time you upgrade Windows, though, you you get that feeling. I mean, it, it, you've been around long enough. Mm-hmm. You remember going from three point to ninety five, yeah, and from ninety five to XP, and from XP to Windows seven. Yeah, you yeah. get that sh- culture shock every single time. I mean, none of them were really that bad, aside from like Vista and ME and all those meme Windows versions. But like uh-huh. ninety five to XP, XP was great. XP to yeah. seven, seven was great. Eight was a joke shouldn't have existed yeah. yeah i don't know how they thought that was gonna fly but they were wrong oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah and i think windows 10 shows just how wrong they were um this is like windows windows 10 is the apology yeah <laughs> yeah I, I mean i'm i'm cool with 10 um there are some things i wish were different of course it's gonna be with every os but uh, i mean i'm not gonna complain too much beggars can't be choosy yeah Especially since they're not patching seven anymore. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's about it for my week. Yeah, um, something I forgot to mention, uh, kind of along the same line. I was talking about. I'm actually building another computer, and I talked about this in my what? setup uh, last week, or actually this week. You know, last week we recorded on Black Friday. This week we mm-hmm. had Cyber Monday, and a lot of people are doing like Cyber Weeks. Have you done any any cyber shopping? Oh man, no! I Christmas shopping tapped me out, and I was it, I, I knew about like the Steam sale and all mm-hmm. that going on, and I looked at it and I said, "Man, you know, I've got Persona sitting here, and I've got all these other games. I'm good." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I didn't even look at them. I, I glanced at the Steam stuff, but I was on Amazon, and whenever December hits in my household, it's pretty much nonstop packages for Amazon and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I, it's funny. We did not have a package delivered yesterday and it was so odd because we'd had one delivered every day. Even while we were gone, we had packages delivered from Saturday through Wednesday, skipped yesterday. And then, uh, today, tomorrow, <laughs> I think Sunday will be skipped. That's all. Sunday doesn't really count. Um, though Amazon yeah. does deliver on Sundays sometimes, so I'll probably have something on Sunday, but I'm just like, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, I'll take that. And I'm like, okay, I need to get all my gifts organized. And, uh, I do this thing with my girlfriend and we do, uh, or I do 12 days of Christmas. I give her presents every day leading up to, uh, the 12 days leading up to Christmas. So I order a bunch of stuff early on, uh, and then just trickle things in as I find them. It's so let me, let me ask this. This is a sure. super important question okay. right here. 
are you one of the people that has zero gifts under the tree up until Christmas night and then all of a sudden the tree's full of presents? No. Or are you one of the people where that trickles the presents in like suddenly a package appears? We don't. And another package appears. We don't trickle. We'll do them in batches. Like once the tree's up, whatever we have then, we'll go under it. Like right mm-hmm. now we have a couple of things, like three things um, that would really go under the tree. But then, you know, in a week, we'll have several things in the bedroom, have a wrapping session and wrap them. Or maybe the stuff that, you know, is we have now won't go up until next or go under the tree until next week. Um, we'll probably put the tree up this weekend. See, because this is one of those things where, uh, you know, once again, going back to my childhood, mm-hmm. when me and a friend had a big debate over this. <laughs> and it's like, because my parents would, you know, as they bought presents, they get immediately wrapped and thrown under the tree. Sure. And uh, it was brought to my attention that uh, it's like, would Santa Claus just come to your house like 20 fucking times? See, okay. Just, hey, I'm going to drop one thing off. Yeah, here you go. Yeah. Or does he come all at once? Yeah, let me let me clarify. We don't, I mean, now we don't really do from Santa. We don't actually put a from on the present, so kids can assume what they want to assume. But Uh-oh. when I was a kid, it was, there were presents under the tree and then Christmas morning, there was actually a red Santa sack full of presents in addition. I was spoiled as a kid, too. So I'll just throw yeah, that out there. Oh, man. I, um, had, I had three siblings, and it was like war for who's yeah. got the most presents. Yeah. Um, we don't we do not do this anything. But when we did, yeah, we had presents under, and we put some more Christmas night. We wouldn't put, like, everything at once because everything's not from Santa. You know, we buy them stuff, too. Santa doesn't get all the credit. Yeah, that's what me and my wife ended up was uh, we would put presents that were supposedly from us, quotation marks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would go into the tree and they would get piled up there, but we'd always keep the best stuff back. And that stuff was from Santa Claus. Sure. And uh, so that's how we typically do it around my house is, uh, you know, so, you know, the bikes and the giant ball doll houses and stuff like that, they come out Christmas Eve. Yeah. And uh, they're going to be. Okay, Santa delivered all the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? Santa. Screw that. Santa doesn't get that. <laughs> Santa <laughs> delivers the socks and clothes, okay? We <laughs> deliver the video games. Uh, I guess that's, <laughs> that's one way to do it, man. Uh, yeah, uh, it's rough. Um, we have to do a lot more shopping for the kids, too, right now. We've only got a few things, and it's the kids are getting older, so it's getting harder to shop for them. You know, first world parent yeah. problems. See, I've actually found it exactly the opposite as my kid. I mean, my kids aren't as old as yours, but uh, as my girls have gotten older, I think, and the oldest one is 10 this year. Uh, so we've been able to switch from buying the, you know, okay, well, now I'm going to get you 20 freaking Barbie dolls to, oh, you want a DS and like mm-hmm. a handful of games? Here you go. You know, oh, you want a bunch of stuff to go with that? Cool. Yeah. So the gifts have gotten smaller, but they've gotten more targeted, and I can push them into the kind of games I want them to play. Like <laughs> you know, like Pokemon's under there this year, and all that kind yeah. of stuff. They all, last year they all got 3ds's. So nice. I, I got mine a 2ds because <laughs> she uh, was prone my, to breaking uh, my, things. Yeah, my youngest has got a 2ds. Yeah, she's uh she was in there cracking out on that before she went to bed last there tonight, and <laughs> I was like, you know, you gotta get off, get off that. You gotta go to bed. Yep. <laughs> but yeah. It's, it warms my heart to see her just cracking out on it. She's long since lost the stylus. So oh, she's God. using her finger to run this little person around. Yeah. I think my daughter actually has a replacement one in hers. Or it might have been her last 2DS. 
Because this I've is actually got a cup full of third them. one. But yeah, I loved the 2DS. I mean, I have one for myself instead of a 3DS because I didn't want to pay for the money because I didn't know how much I'd play it. Um, uh, I want a 3DS XL now because I want the bigger screen and stuff. But if start, stuff start, keeps coming to the Switch, I don't need one. <laughs> you know? There you go. I mean, the Switch is uh the Switch is the thing we're we're debating right now. Mm-hmm. As should we just go ahead and get the Switch Two or man? <clears throat> right now, I think with all the rest of the presents we got them, we're gonna we're gonna hold off on that until mm-hmm. one of them's birthday. Yeah, but yeah, that that's what we're doing this year. I have one, but we're gonna get one separate because I don't want to share. <laughs> yeah. That that's the biggest thing around here is you, you. I got three kids. There needs to be three separate things to entertain them. Sure. So I'm thinking one of them's getting a TV, and the other two are getting consoles. Sure. So you know, tit for tat. Yeah. It's a balancing act. <laughs> Can't let the balance power tip too far on one side, or you'll hear about it for the rest of the year. Yeah, when it's it's been annoying. Uh, I don't really care, but my girlfriend, she's always like, "All right, well, we have one more for her than we do for him, or one more for him than we do for her." I'm like, "Oh my god, it doesn't have to be exactly even." But sure enough, she'll oh, find does. something else, or she'll wrap them to where they're the same number of packages. <laughs> it's like that doesn't change it. <laughs> it it does as long as the the worth is there. So the importance, yeah. I guess, is what's you know, the yeah. significance of each. Yeah, we end up because of you know the whole gaming thing. We just end up doing a lot of joint game joint gifts. You know, unless they're getting their version of a game. Like, sure, we split it up. Okay, the boy he we are will let one of them choose which version of Pokemon they want. So he gets Pokemon Moon. Okay, well, she gets Pokemon Sun, you know? But if it's like... They switch when they beat them. Yeah. Well, Pokemon, I mean... It, it, Nintendo handheld games are a little odd with those saves and all that. I don't know if you were on the episode we talked about. I think this was early on uh, while you were still MIA. Uh, my daughter actually wiped out my Pokemon save at one point. God. Her DS literally went in the trash. I had to dig it back out <laughs> after I calmed down. I was like... You and she lost it for months after that. I was like, this is not something you do. You shouldn't. And I had already told her recently, do not even delete your own save data. You don't need to restart the game. Pokemon is not a game you restart. You know, there's no point. You're going to do the same thing. Why would you restart it? And then she took my game because something I think I'd taken hers. So she was playing mine secretly. So not only was she, you know, bypassing. Not supposed to be on there. Yeah. She took mine. And restarted it. So all my progress, I beat the game. And she, she's lucky she didn't end up perfect. Uh, <laughs> so I made my my you know anger with that very clear. <laughs> oh my god! Wow! Don't you want to you want to turn Chris from a mild mannered uh, computer guy into the devil? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck with the saves. Uh, yeah. Oh man, that is that is. Uh, I had a, you know, I had a friend do that to me with Chrono Trigger. <laughs> oh, man, it was bad. Uh, um, he came over to my house, and uh, we were uh, we were doing something. There was a, um, oh, I remember what it was. I, I had uh, two or three friends stay the night for a birthday party. Mm-hmm. And uh, he came over, and he was just one of them. And I put Chrono Trigger and all my RPGs off into a corner, you know, away from the other games, the multiplayer games. Right. 
specifically so people wouldn't fuck with my save files. <laughs> well, we got to doing something else in the backyard or something, you know, just kind of fucking around. And uh, he came back in early because he was going to get some water or something, and he just decided to chill out in the room. Well, a couple hours went by. We came back out, and I walk in see him playing Crosshair. I'm like, that's cool. And I've sit there and guide him through like the first fucking couple hours of the game and da da da. This motherfucker overwrote my save. <laughs> he overwrote it. As I was say, he, he overwrote the new game plus save file <laughs> <laughs> that I had like meticulously like ground out all the extra stuff to make sure all the stats were fucking maxed out and all that. Yo, it was bad. It was so bad. He killed like a couple hundred hours worth of gameplay. That was the one where I was I was fishing to try to get the uh, <clears throat> the developer room ending, you know, where you can go and talk with all the people out of character and stuff like that. Hmm. So I was I was livid for days. <laughs> like I wouldn't talk to him. I was so mad. I, I was gonna say that's why you say you had a friend that did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a friend. He became my mortal enemy the moment I. Yeah, but I didn't figure it out till the next day. Mm-hmm. So he was lucky he was out of earshot when it happened. <laughs> I came in there screaming. Mom and dad like, what the hell is your problem? I'm like, you're fucking scarred. Yeah. And they're like, you can't come. And, oh, it's bad. And speaking of video game stuff, uh, the PlayStation Classic comes out Monday. Uh, Monday? Yeah. I had mentioned having it pre-ordered. I guess it is December already. Yeah. This year's flown. Uh, <laughs> but I went on, I went on GameStop. Because that's where I did my pre-order, and I went to order, you know, a Christmas present on there with uh-huh. a, a Cyber Monday deal they had, and it's like, hey, this is still in your cart. I'm like, what is? And I look, it's the PlayStation Classic. Right. I don't know how my pre-order didn't go through. I mean, I'm pretty sure I went through the whole process. <laughs> I was like, oh god, and I'm I'm lucky, you know, it's not selling out like the others did, and I was just screwed on it. Um, so I was like, all right, yeah, go through. Give me my new stuff. Give me that. So. Okay, so this is this is why I don't shop at GameStop. Uh, well, let me rephrase. Mm-hmm. I am very particular about when I buy games now or where I buy them from because when I buy a game, I want it release day, right? I mean, that's the whole point. I yeah. want to play it. If I'm going to pre-order it, I want it release day. Let me put it that way. If I buy it later, then obviously I buy it later. But yeah. I pre-order so I can have it the day it comes out. So both items I ordered, uh, well, I'll, I'll just stick to PlayStation Classic because that's what's coming out Monday. I don't think I'll get it on Monday. It's like, yeah, you can pay like 15 bucks to get it Monday. I'm like, are you kidding me? If this was available what? on Amazon, I could go have it delivered same day for free. <laughs> what? What is this, this is garbage? GameStop. Yeah. Normally, I had to go to GameStop to get stuff, you know, release day because... One would think it would just be sitting in the back with your name on it. I mean, and I and they didn't even have a ship to store option either, or a pick up in store for the PlayStation Classic. So I couldn't just go pick it up, because that's what I did with the uh, DS games. While Amazon mm-hmm. and Nintendo were having their little spat, um, I couldn't get, like, Bravely Default on release day. I had to order it on GameStop and go pick it up that day. Uh, mm-hmm. so I could get it same day. Otherwise, it would have been like two days later with Amazon. Um, but I expect much better from GameStop. It's very odd, and I don't understand why they chose to do that. Um, but I've got it pre-ordered now, and it comes out Monday. I'll probably play it Wednesday, which kind of sucks. See, this is, 
this kind of ties into my argument about the, the PS4. Um, to say I got uh, Red Dead Redemption on the day it came out. Sure. Why Why in the world would I want to spend, you know, two hours loading this thing onto the <laughs> yeah. console only to need the disc to play it? Yeah. You know? I can understand digitally downloading it and then it's just on the console and I don't ever have to do anything but like, you know, I'm playing a different game and then I scroll over and click it and I'm playing Red Dead. Yeah. But I, and I think know. that partially depends on the game too. Cause I was thinking about, it. I have, I only have a handful of PS4 physical discs. I have like mm-hmm. 30 digital games, <laughs> but I only have yeah. a handful of discs. And I was thinking about, and world of final fantasy. I don't recall that being an issue. I mean, sure. I have to put the disc into play, but I don't recall very much loading at all for that. Uh, destiny. I booted up. It's technically installed, but I don't recall a long installation for that either. Um, it might have been, it might have just been in the background, but it didn't, I don't know. I didn't have to wait when I got it to play it. So I think it's a very per game type thing. Well, that's just, maybe Maybe it's just misfortune that I've managed to run into this immediately upon buying the console. Because that's yeah. like my very first experience with it was, hey, giant middle finger, yeah. <laughs> enjoy this. And this is a game that came with the PlayStation. Yeah. So I don't know. <clears throat> It uh, it has definitely got me wary of of how God of War and all the rest <laughs> of the games that I haven't touched yet are gonna go. Sure, I'm gonna go ahead and give myself some leeway and put those in at night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, typically you want to do it anyway for patches and stuff, but which is a whole another thing, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, well that was a that was a double header, is because as soon as I got the thing on, it was like, hey, hey, buddy, I'm gonna go ahead and download this giant patch. Mm-hmm. Which is another weird thing because my PlayStation won't connect to the internet. Oh God! But somehow it got the giant patch. Uh, I'm wondering that how seems that... contradictory, right? So my PlayStation needed a patch, got the patch, but it can't connect to the internet right now. So um, it's getting some kind of DNS error, and I've tried resetting the modem and doing all kinds of crazy stuff, and it's just this PlayStation is fighting me tooth and nail. It's like hate me, and yeah. I'm like okay. I mean, you know, you didn't have to, you didn't have to ask so nicely. Yeah, you may. I don't know if you've tried it or you know about, it, but you may want to use Google's DNS. Yeah, I've, that's uh, what I typically do for everything. I have not. You tried manually setting the DNS to okay. go through, but uh, I typically I'd like my computers running through Google's and all that other stuff. But um, you know, I, I even gave it a dedicated uh, IP. spot. You know, everything loaded loads into the router and it gives it oh, a, gotcha. its own separate IP address. Uh, it's got its own spot now and yeah, it's still not working. Hmm. So I don't know. one of these days when I'm not busy playing persona and getting all the <laughs> achievements that won't be on this profile, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, uh, get around to figuring that out. But right now it's just not a priority right now. I've got the palace to be. Yeah. I don't think there's a whole <laughs> so, lot you really need to worry about though. So during while you're playing persona five, you're not getting the hints. Are you getting those while you're playing on the no, quizzes? Interesting. Yep. So you can't press the button to see what everybody else picked. Nope. That sucks. No, I can't. Uh, that sucks. Nope. I'm just guessing. Okay. If you I'm about seventy five percent so far. Yeah, I mean, I typically guess and then look to see what people have picked, uh, just so I felt more non cheating. <laughs> That's how I made it through high school. <laughs> guessing. <laughs> it's like, eh, you know, I could definitely say it's not this one. I mean, so it's the Chinese ones. The interesting thing about the game, though, is most of those quiz things you can find in-game. 
Really? Yeah. A lot of them, like, the lessons you have in class where you have little scenes, uh-huh. a lot of times you know the material is related. There's a thing that I noticed that they haven't said about, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this up to you right now. Okay. Okay. And I don't want you to confirm or deny anything. Okay. I just want to tell me whether I'm warmer or I'm cold. Okay. We went to the TV studio. Spoilers mm-hmm. for Persona 5, possibly. We went to the little TV studio thing, and we met the little kid detective or whatever. Right, mm-hmm. you meet him out in the hall or whatever. He might he runs into your group. Yeah. Well, uh, he said something about pancakes, but the only person who mentioned pancakes was the fucking cat. <laughs> the only person, the only people that go into the little persona world can understand the cat. So I'm thinking that he's been inside the persona world and he just ain't telling them. That's what. I, that's my hypothesis. I'm working off right now because nobody else said pancakes out loud. Okay. Only the cat. Interesting. So, I'm like, hmm. I think, I think he's got, he's got, he's letting, he's doing a little bit more than he's letting on. <laughs> so, I try to pay attention. Sometimes I come off in left field. I don't know if this is going to be one of those times, but that's my, that's my prediction. I haven't gotten to any point in the story where you actually interact with him more than that. You know, he's searching around the school, but uh, yeah. So that's my calling it right now i think this guy's a persona user and he's the <laughs> he's the other person that was sneaking around interesting very he's like, you're interesting. so fucking wrong <laughs> he's like chris is like oh i know the answer uh, i'm not Fuck saying you. anything <laughs> um so back on the subject of the playstation classic um uh-huh. so i don't know if you've checked if you've ever looked at it and i didn't know about this until recently but PlayStation actually on their website has a blog, which surprise, I think that's not a, a, you know, an unknown, but Mm. something they do is they will post what games are coming out for the week at certain points. And I found so many games. I was like, Oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. Um, Not really any hidden gems, I'd say, but like, Oh yeah, this is coming out. This is coming out. This DLC is coming out for this. You know, some of the dates Mm. that you don't really get direct uh you would think that would be like a scrolling thing on the playstation 4 and just be like it fired up and it just tell you like well yeah i'm I'm sure there is a set i mean most stores have a coming soon section or hot new releases or something like that but this is an actual you know blog post breakdown of what games are coming out what days so it's just a little nice thing they do um so i occasionally refresh and look to just see if i'm not make sure i'm not missing anything uh, there was a game that came out not too long ago where I completely forgot it was coming out until I saw the blog post. And I was like, oh, hey, thanks, PlayStation. Um, you did something right for once. Uh, but they released a PlayStation Classic Ultimate FAQ uh, in preparation for it coming out. Uh, not a whole lot that's really, you know, groundbreaking. But uh, one of the questions is how big it is. It's basically half the size of the original PlayStation. Uh, it says it's smaller than a PS4 game case. Yeah, it's like it's like you won't even get a CD in this thing. It no. doesn't have a disk drive anyway. No. Um, the uh, it can be powered. Uh, we were talking about power before. I'm trying to find the specific thing, but any it comes with a USB cable, and that's how it gets power. So it's a USB. Uh, I want to say C. I thought I saw it say somewhere. It just says USB here where I'm reading now. So just a USB cable. So your most TVs now have a USB port, or I imagine you can plug it into a uh, like phone charger, the part that goes into the wall, and then plug it in that way. 
Uh, you just have to check the voltage, which I think is pretty standard, five volts. You uh, stick that thing on the fast charger and it just explodes the PlayStation. Yeah. Or it, I, or it makes the graphics better. Yeah. I probably That's wouldn't do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, No? No. But so they talk about uh, memory as well. We're talking about how memory cards would work. So yeah. each title gets 15 memory card slots and it looks like the old school memory card page. So each game has essentially its own vi- uh, memory card. I am excited and completely and utterly disappointed by that because <laughs> I remember a lot of games being like, hey, I'm going to suck up all 15 of these slots. Yeah. I mean, I don't. That's basically like having one memory card per game. But if you remember, uh, games specifically like Gran Turismo and stuff like that, which I know was not on there, but mm-hmm. they were like, let me just dis- let me just take this whole memory card from you forever. Yeah. So. I think I don't think any of the games on here are really that concerning um, as far as memory goes, but it's cool. Uh, oh yeah. The something else they have on here is how do disc changes work? Because like Final Fantasy VII, multiple discs. So when you reach the end of it, you press the open button, and it'll take you to the next disc. Wow. So you're like virtually changing discs. Um, nice. Yeah. All right. So here, question time. Q and A time. All right. All right. We're going to do a mental exercise here. Oh, God. It's Monday. You got no more work to do. Mm-hmm. Your PlayStation is sitting right in front of you now. You're firing it up. You've scrolled through the games and looked at them all. What's the first thing you play? Um, So there'll probably be an order to this. It probably won't be sitting down playing one thing all the way through first. What I think mm-hmm. I'll probably do is I'll probably load up like Jumping Flash, which is not a game i plan on taking through the completion i'll load that up try it just just some nostalgia because um, mm-hmm. that game's fun and then i that might game was really really strange yeah but i liked it exactly it's a fun little game uh i might load up intelligent cube just to see what it is because i've never heard of it you get to watch the dude get crushed by the cubes because he fucked up i don't know that um, game was awesome you're gonna you you will actually if you play that game, it's one of those games where it's uh, you figure out the answer and you're like, oh man, that was pretty cool. And it, <laughs> it it's kind of like uh, it's like oh man, how do I describe this? It's the way you imagine playing something like Candy Crush or something like that, where you have to figure out the puzzle, and then when you figure out the puzzle, you're like, oh, all right, let me keep doing this, and you figure out more and more complex puzzles. It's absolutely nothing to do with Candy Crush, but the feeling of I want to do the next puzzle is what yeah. uh is what actually, uh, you know, I, I think you'll spend a surprisingly, I, I think you'll spend longer than you thought on that mm-hmm. game once you actually try it. I, I can tell you what I won't play. Um, I won't What's play that? Mr. Driller, and I won't play Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo. Um, hey, now. The, the first hey. game, <laughs> I, I'm kind of thinking there are two games will be what I sit down and actually play through. Uh once I actually get through, you know, trying games. Uh, one is Wild Arms. I own that game. I just never finished playing through it. And I kind of want to because I have Wild Arms 4. Uh, I don't own mm-hmm. 2 or 3, but I own 4. But I want to play through this because it's an old classic. I had fun when I played. It was just one of those games that I got sidetracked, you know, back in the day. Never finished. I want to finish it. Mm-hmm. Same thing for this other game, Revelations Persona. The very first. I know it's not what we play now. I know it's not as good. I know it has its weirdness to it. 
but I want to play it. Um, I played it back in the day. I put some time into it. I want to actually get through where, you know, this originated. That game is on the PlayStation Classic. I'm not. I am wary of how I I remember. Mm -hmm. I remember. I have two distinct images in my mind. One is that uh, they had to walk around in a square mm-hmm. to summon the demons or whatever at the beginning of the game, and it was really awkward. And the other was when you got onto the town map, and it was just like a bunch of triangles and shit. Yeah. And that's what I remember from that game. Yeah, it was one of those games where my child mind could not comprehend it. <laughs> I'll yeah, just straight up yeah, admit too. that I did not understand it, and I was like, yeah, this is cool. I don't know what I'm doing, but okay, I'm walking around world map. Hey, there's a crosswalk. I have to wait for the car to go by. Okay, sure. Um, okay, what am I supposed to be doing? Okay, I guess I'm. It's like I didn't. I didn't read all that giant wall of text. So uh, I guess I'll go play Final Fantasy Seven now. <laughs> I guess I'll go play the better game. Um, yeah, uh, that's probably something I won't play on it for a long time. I'm sure I will. When the next time I get the urge to play 7, I'll load it up on it just to see how it plays uh, in comparison to uh, Emulator and whatnot, which is what I play on now. I own it, but I'm not going to bust out my PlayStation. Yeah, I've been thinking about buying it on Steam. I, I've been kind of itching to play 7. So We've been talking about it so much. I bought so I bought the PC version before when Square wanted nothing to do with Steam for a long time. So I actually mm-hmm. have one of the original Square Enix versions. Um, I also own the same version. I got it as some part of some bundle, I think, of uh, Final Fantasy games. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't have an issue with them um, overall. I mean, I just, I kind of, there's minor differences that make me just prefer the OG. Again, nothing wrong with the PC version. I beat the PC version, I think. Um, but I got... I didn't beat it. I got pretty far, though. Um, I just, I like the feel of the original. That's all. Yeah. There's uh, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I'm, I I keep seeing Siphon Filter on this list, and I'm like, uh, All you need to do with Siphon Filter, you turn the game on, okay? Mm-hmm. You go to the very first level. Okay. You pull out the taser. You shock one person in, until they catch fire, <laughs> and then you're good. That's uh, all you need to know about that game. That's the best part of that game. You're done. <laughs> Um, going through the, uh, the list some more, uh, it's only, the only, uh, video cable you can use with is HDMI. Um, of course, I'm sure you can use a converter, but it only have native support for HDMI. Literally, I don't even think TV, well, I mean, I guess there's still some TVs that have Mm -hmm. component. Yeah. But I don't think HDMI, no, HDMI wasn't out when the PlayStation was out. No, like no. I, I remember, I had an RFU adapter for my PlayStation because I didn't have component tables on. Is that the? Uh, the is that what just uses the coax? Yeah, yeah, that's what I had. Yeah, the uh, radio radio frequency universal adapter, mm-hmm. something like that. RFU. Yeah, but yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I couldn't split my. Uh, I couldn't use component cables until uh, I got a TV upgrade, like in the late nineties. <laughs> I I'm. I want to say I was. My TV I had as a kid, I think I was the same way. I don't think it had those. I think I had just used the coax version of all the cables um, up until, I want to say PS2, I used that as well, maybe. Hmm. I don't remember. Maybe maybe I did have it and used it at PS2. I know, I know for a fact it didn't go to HDMI until I got a, a PS3. Yeah, same. Uh, Xbox had it. 
Actually, I think my Xbox, no, I don't think my Xbox did. I think Xbox 360 did. Yeah, Xbox 360 definitely had HDMI. Yeah. But uh, I think the original Xbox was a regular component cable. Yeah, because I actually have a component switch. Yellow. Yeah. I have a component switch because I've had all the consoles. So it had the Wii with component cables, the Xbox and Xbox 360 uh, hooked up at the same time at one point to it. And PS2, I want to say, all yeah. hooked up to this Switch. It was like a 4N. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, I remember that in the back of my Atari. I had like this thing that like screwed into the back of the TV. You remember that thing? Nope. Okay, it's like two forks. <laughs> it was like t- two little bands with forks, and you actually had to like put them under some screws in the back of the TV and like screwdriver them on in. Is that? And on this thing... On this thing, it had a switch that said TV, mm-hmm. other. Yeah. And you had to switch it down to other to to see the Atari. <laughs> it was, oh, yeah. man. How technology has some... proceeded. <laughs> uh, oh. the, uh, so there's a question about using DualShock controllers with the PlayStation Classic or the original ones. You can only use PlayStation Classic controllers. So you can't bust out your old ones you have. Um I wanted to see... Well, yeah, when it says PlayStation Classic controllers, does that actually mean only the ones it comes with or PS1 controllers? I believe only the ones it comes with. Um, huh. Multiplayer, they ask about... Uh, well, ask which games. I mean, that's a no-brainer for us at this point. We know which games are multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Um, system Link? No, that's not there. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. That was barely used, but I have seen it used. Yeah. I had a friend that uh, had Doom, and in order to play this, you had to have two TVs, two PlayStations, and two copies of Doom, but you could play it in a straight-up, like, one person had their own TV, the other person had their own yeah. Deathmatch. Yeah, um, they ask if it's going to connect to PSN. The Classic is entirely offline. There's no internet capabilities, which doesn't surprise me. That's expected. It's a PlayStation 1. It didn't have, what? <laughs> the PlayStation 1 oh. didn't have internet. Um, it asks if there's a disc reader. No, of course not. It's not even it's not even big, big enough, enough to fit a disc. Yeah, it's not My, as big as a Walkman, is it? it? They said it's uh smaller than a PS4 case, game case. God damn. Yeah, so you could probably fit a CD in it, but that would be the entire thing. <laughs> It'd be completely filled by the CD. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite things they have on this article is the question is. Will the PS Classic include the original startup sound? And the answer is yes. Once you turn it on, you will hear the iconic startup sound. And underneath it, they have a GIF of the startup screens. And the caption under it is, raise your hand if you can hear this GIF. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) I can can raise my hand from here. Yeah. Just thinking about it. Oh, man. Um, And I guess the final relevant question on here that is uh, what kind of upscaling it does. It says that outputs it in 720 or 480, depending on your screen, and that your TV will upscale it more. So, hmm. not bad. I mean, I don't expect much better. I mean, there's no... Uh, I mean, it, 1080 would be a pipe dream to 1995 yeah. tech, okay? Yeah. <laughs> you come back with that, and they'll be like, where did you steal the... What secret government facility did you steal this TV? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. 
I mean, these are all OG games. They're not remasters, so you can only expect so much. Um, I'm surprised they even have 720p listed on there. The the problem with doing it like they're doing it, mm-hmm. um, and it, it's not so much of a problem. It's just a you really want to that. This is why it, it kind of doesn't make sense to put an HDMI on this thing. But I understand why they did it. Uh, when you upscale it like that, you're gonna get jaggies. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna see the seams. Yeah. They are going to be there. They are not going to, there is no, you know, CRT TV fusing the polygons <laughs> where it need, where they need to be fused. Uh, so you don't even have the option to play this on an old TV because it's HDMI. So even if you've got a CRT just sitting around that you've kept waiting in anticipation for this day, you can't use it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, maybe they've got something that scales down to component cables or RFU. I mean, I have... I have so many adapters I've bought over the years because I get so frustrated with things not working like I want them to. Like, I was trying to get things to go to a coax cable because that's all my TV had on it. I could not, so I was trying to find a component to coax adapter, <laughs> trying to get it. And I think I bought one, but it was like reversed and which wasn't what it said on the website because I couldn't get it from like, you know, Amazon or GameStop. I got it from some other site where I normally wouldn't ever buy something from. And <laughs> sure enough, I shouldn't have anyway because it's been sitting. Uh, I think I finally might have thrown it out. It might be in one of my computer part boxes. I don't know. It never got used. Uh, Man. Anyway. Let me tell you, I got a box. I've got a box of connectors in my mm-hmm. attic. And uh, I've, it's up there with uh, all the rest of my gaming stuff, my old gaming stuff. But yeah, it, God no! If I was to get up there and actually go through it and sort it, I'm pretty sure I could sell some of that stuff to a museum. <laughs> yeah, I've got all my stuff organized into bins. Um, I don't know why, but I buy all the different size bins from Walmart that holds uh, random stuff. I've got basically a console per box. So, like, I've got the uh, Nintendo 64 box. It has my Nintendo 64. My perfect mm-hmm. dark cartridge, my controllers, and the cables, audio visual cables. And that's that bin. <laughs> and then I have so another you, one. It's the PlayStation one. <laughs> so you played Perfect Dark in the in its prime, huh? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I loved that. I played that. So I didn't own Goldeneye. I played Goldeneye at Friends, but most of my mm-hmm. friends didn't have Goldeneye. I really only played Goldeneye when at like our grandma's neighbor's house. So I mostly played Perfect Dark with my friends. That's what we had. And see, that's the thing is I'm exactly the opposite. And I only played Perfect Dark uh, whenever I met up with like that one or two people that had it and that I knew of. Mm-hmm. And I was going to ask you, like, what what was your feeling about that game? And- oh, I love it. There's a reason it's the only physical game I own. I think I actually own a couple more now. But back then, yeah, I bought my 64 at the age of like 19 um mm-hmm. and i bought the 64 or about the yeah about the 64 i bought the uh, perfect dark cartridge got home realized that i didn't buy the expansion pack which you need for the perfect dark multiplayer or whatever it is uh oh so i had to go back and buy the expansion pack for the 64 and then i could play the multiplayer um i, I was playing against bots but still um that's just so much fun uh perfect dark zero the xbox or 360 game it mm-hmm. sucks. Don't don't bother with it. Oh, <laughs> um, it wasn't it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't it wasn't the classic. It wasn't as fun as 
the 64 version was. Wow. See, because that's the only one I did play. And I played it for a little while, and I was like, yeah, you know what? I really don't, uh, really not feeling this. So I kind of, I don't even remember much about it. I remember trying it and being like, eh, you know, I don't see what all the hype's about. The 64 version? Uh, when the 64 Our, version was the other one, that when it came out later on the Xbox, I think. Are you talking about Zero? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's why. Yeah, the original was a lot of fun. The multiplayer, the weapons, and some of the weapons, I think, carried over. I, actually, all of them, probably. It was just something was, it's been so long now since I played it. But there's something off about the Zero, um, and it just, I kind of maybe need to load it back up one day and take a look just to get a refresh thought on it. I don't, see, that's the thing is that I played GoldenEye relatively recently, mm-hmm. and that game did not age well at all. Oh, no, God. they don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, you they can't don't. go home again. Yeah. It's memories an- are all you have left. Oh, yeah. It's amazing the quality of life things you don't even realize you take for granted in modern shooters and you can like play one of them. moving like facial animation <laughs> being a thing that exists it's not just like a picture plastered to a polygon well not even graphically mechanically like you i'm trying to think of what it was you couldn't uh zoom except on certain weapons kind of like halo did with uh, some of the series some of the weapons um like call of duty did the massive leap forward and that you could look through the iron sights of every single weapon yeah and you press you pressed one of the triggers and it instantly raised the weapon to your shoulder yeah so it, yeah there were other changes like the way you turn and stuff in the game is odd now uh the i think there's no sprint or there's no okay. jump you know type things which in a shooter mm-hmm. jump is it is what it is that can depends on the game but it's still very odd to go back and go, oh, my buttons don't do very many things. Yeah, that's one of them. Just looking at like the AI for GoldenEye <laughs> and yeah. the, the graphics and the controls. And it's like, yeah, man, you just just walk away with your memories and don't do it. Don't look back. Yeah. All right. So anything else before I do my Michael impression? Your Michael impression? Yeah. Why, whatever do you mean? So there you have it, folks. Our first episode without Michael. Let us know what you thought. Should we just boot him and promote meet him producer? Uh, what'd you think about the games we talked about? Do you like Celeste? Do you not like Celeste? Is it your game of the year? Let us know. Uh, as always, we'd love to get your feedback. There are many ways you can do that. You can search for us on Facebook. End of Timecast. That might be how you found us right here. We have an email at endoftimecast at gmail.com. That's endoftimecast at gmail.com. No funny numbers in there. Just you spell it. it as you heard it. We have a Twitter page. You can tweet at us. I don't say tweeted because that's incorrect. Uh, <laughs> however you choose to reach out, whether it's questions, comments, concerns, we'd love to hear from you. That's why we do this podcast. Uh, that's it for tonight's episode. And until next time, I'm Chris. And I'm Adam. Good night, everyone. Bitches.